1: You know, I had some technical issues. That's the reason why we're going late here. But guess what? We're still bringing the Academy uh, podcast here live on Facebook because that's how we do it. I got a whole new setup here. You can see, you can kind of see more of, of my room. But enough about me. You know me, Dimitri Zerdos, the James T. Kirk Mark, the man who loves old Star Trek more than anything. But I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the man who is always posting motivational stuff on his Facebook page to get your butt in the gym, working out. He is also the co-host of the Smack Attack. He knows a lot about that New Japan pro wrestling stuff, which is, to me, god-awful, but whatever. But I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Big John Enright. Johnny, what is going on, brother?
0: My friend, uh, not much. Just, you know, lazy Saturday, getting chores done and all that. Goes and,
1: Sunday, man. Uh,
0: Sunday, yeah, whatever, dude. It's the weekend. I don't give a crap. Sunday, man, this.
1: it's Lord's Day. Come on. Yeah, yeah
0: you know. But, uh, you know, just uh, making the time. And, uh, I mean, if you didn't watch the New Japan versus Noah uh, show on the 21st, uh, it was freaking ridiculous. Uh, okay. The two champs uh, went at it, Okada and uh, brain partner, because I don't watch a lot of Noah. But those two dudes literally just started beating the shit out of each other, like they weren't even in the ring at the same time. And uh, Noah's champ comes in and just kicks Okada across the face. What? And yeah, like it cuts him open hard what way. Is? And they just start going after each other. <laughs> oh god! Like, like it was, it was not pretty. Like I've never seen Okada just lose his shit like that. I mean, I'm talking. If it was worked, it was the stiffest work I have ever seen in my. It was entire a shoot life. then, basically. It was a shoot. It had to be a shoot a shoe. work. It had to be a shoot. Yeah, I mean, because what the it, f- what it,
1: are they doing over it, there,
0: dude? They, I don't know, but it's because they set up that that they're gonna have a match, Okada and their guy, at Muda's last match on February twenty first. Okay, so to uh, last night was his last match as the Great Muda. So he's still he's still got to wrestle as Muto and he's gonna wrestle Naito on the twenty first.
1: Why is he why is he not being the great Muda?
0: Uh because he's you know he's older, he's had hip repair and you know, knee replacements and things like that. So he's still he, the great Muda. He's older, but yeah, but he's so Muda, like the Muda character is gone and, and so you know Kinji Muto is still mm-hmm. you know, so he wrestles as both. You know, he's mm-hmm. Kinji Muto and as the great Muda. And so he had his match last night with Sting and Darby Allen, and um, as the retirement to Great Muda. And then on the 21st of February, he's going to be wrestling his final match ever. Uh, Muda Muto, all that. Really, you know, he's, ever? He's, I mean, he's. We yeah. all we,
1: we all know about wrestling retirement. Yeah,
0: but body wise, he's physically kind of. He's shy. Yeah, he's he's pretty shot. You could watch it and see. And uh, yeah,
1: I mean, like I mean, he's, he's he's gained like a lot more muscle and stuff. He's kind of bigger. But yeah, he he doesn't move the way he used Mm-mm. to move.
0: No, you can you can see it. He he yeah. creeps into the ring. It's it's because it's how he is now, and so you know, which is fine. There, hey, he's going out his way. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, you could, I just you can't complain that he's getting. He's put in some last, good last matches. He had Shinsuke. then you know he had that match of stinging them last night. Yeah, and then um, now he's got uh, Naito to end it all. You know, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, that'll be fun, but Okada and Noah's guy is gonna—they're gonna, they're gonna um, wrestle on that twenty-first as well. So shaping up to be a pretty interesting card. So you know, uh, it's—I don't know—it's fun to watch and to <laughs> to watch how these guys like, like because it's it's almost like it's still real to me. Damn it, over there, you know, <laughs> it's still real to me. Damn yeah, it. like there's a sen- but I mean also there's a sense of pride in like. New Japan and NOAA and your organization and your yeah. promotion. And so having something like this was actually really interesting and neat. And then it mm-hmm. made me go, oh, some of these Noah guys are pretty interesting. yeah I mean, not that I'm going to go out of my way to go watch Noah I mean, I'm, I'm pretty entrenched with new Japan and then trying the only, to learn everything else. The only yeah. person
1: that watches all, all Japanese pro wrestling, it ain't, I mean, Dave Meltzer is one, but he's a mark, but mm. our man, Michael Jargo, he watches all that Japanese stuff.
0: I don't know if he watches all of it he watches i know he watches stardom and i know he watches new japan Dude, i I'm love not, stardom yeah stardom is stardom is pretty good they and brought so,
1: back i tell you they they brought this uh this english female wrestler maria may maria may <laughs> i'm hmm. telling you she's like mandy rose and scarlett Bordeaux, but she can go in the ring she's hmm. good and And uh, so, yeah, they've been doing this triangle derby stuff. It's been like, it's been like six woman tag matches and stuff. So, which I mean, which has been which has been pretty good. Which has been pretty good. So, you know, so now I got to ask a question now. So, so now with New Japan and Stardom. Now, now New Japan owns Stardom, correct?
0: Uh, No, they're so the parent company is Bushi Road. Okay, and they treated Stardom and New Japan separately. All right. And so now what they're trying to do is slowly kind of, they're going to still be, they're still separate in their ways, but they're going to have more what they call crossover events where you'll see more stardom uh, wrestlers on New Japan shows and okay. stuff like that, which is so, why, like at, at Wrestle Kingdom, okay. you had uh, Kari Sane wrestle on at Wrestle Kingdom on the show mm-hmm. because, you know, that's all part of the same, yeah. they got the same TV deals now and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's but- why they were able to do that.
1: But but didn't Kari Sain wrestle somebody from stardom though?
0: Yes, and then yeah, because because
1: New Japan doesn't have a female division, correct? That's
0: what stardom kind of is for New Japan. Okay, so
1: stardom is female, is okay, all right. Yeah,
0: because you know they're owned by the same company, so Uh, for a little while they had I think different TV deals, which is why you couldn't see stardom on Wrestle Kingdom shows, but they would have it as a pre-show or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now, because of the way TV structures deals are done. That's why you had that on the show for Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom, and that's why you saw. Um, I don't even want to say her name, uh, Mercedes Monet or whatever they're calling her, <laughs> Sasha Banks. Dude, no, you're you are not a shit. fan of Sasha, huh? I am not a fan of Sasha. Uh, you that, know
1: what? Neither am I, man. I don't know what it is. It's it's
0: that hair looks stupid, and it's just like, I mean, I don't like... know, like, I feel like it, I feel like she cheapens what stardom is. You know, honestly, like I don't feel like she could compete in the same level as them, and I just I feel like this is just her trying to give a middle finger to WWE, saying I can make it on my own, and uh, it just I hate that they. But Stardom is the only place really she can go that would be anywhere near anybody um WWE wise Yeah, you I
1: know? mean, like when it comes to I, I hate this, he just sound like a mark, but when it comes to like the work work rate of the female wrestlers and start, I mean, listen, yeah. Do they do a lot of no sell? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all Japanese wrestling is, is no sell. And then they fucking dead sell for like 10 minutes. And you're like, and then they come back to life, you know, like, you know, like, 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 like rising up from the dead or something like zombies. Mm-hmm. But, but when it comes to basically the moves and how quick they work in the ring and everything else, a, a girl like Azam? AZM, dude, she would Mercedes Monet can't even like go in the mm-hmm. ring with her, I think. You
0: yeah.
1: know, Mercedes, she she she's more of a she she needs more of like a like like someone like Io Shirai, She could do the whole Japanese thing, but then mm-hmm. she could do American style, where she worked with a lot of American wrestlers too, and she mm-hmm. had great matches with them in, in stardom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Kari saying too, so Put a program with her and Kari Sane would be the best route. Um, Molly Tani, yes, yeah, she, she, she could work with Monet, but Tani's a much better worker, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, and I mean,
0: Kari Sane and, 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 Sasha, let's just call her Sasha Banks. That yeah, they, so they,
1: they, they've,
0: they've wrestled before in WWE, yeah. so there, there's a familiarity. And that's why you made the IWG Women's Championship, because you knew that was going to happen. So let's just have Kari Singh win it. Yeah. And then, okay, we can put Sasha Banks in there. And they're wrestling in you know, the United States, the Battle of the Valley or whatever they're calling it mm-hmm. here um, in the next month or so um, for that title here in America. And I mean... The whole purpose is really it's so that stardom and New Japan can they're probably going to put it on her because then it's like, oh, well,
1: yeah, because she's got cachet. she's got name yeah.
0: value, she does have name value. And then you think about it if they have the Mandalorian and she's on there, and then it's like, hey, New Japan's Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet or whatever yeah. is you know that kind of thing. So, you know, I understand why they do it. Do I like it? Not really, but. I mean, what else is there? You yeah. know, there's, not, there's not much else. First, you know, she's not going first, to Impact. Uh, she's not going yeah. to AEW. You know, I mean, there's talk that maybe she was going to go to AEW and be a part of the whole, you know, you know, page, whatever I, thing. I don't but,
1: think so, man, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, a lot of those girls there, man, they are catty as all hell. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that was going to happen, man. You
0: know? I don't either. And I don't know.
1: Interesting. With, I mean, yeah. I mean, to, to me personally, I don't, I just didn't like Sasha's attitude mm-hmm. towards like the fans and stuff. Yeah. I mean, which, yeah, which don't get me wrong. A lot of the fans, they are over the top and everything, but just be thankful that you have the fans That so the fans appreciate you and they want to like give you money and stuff, you know, yeah. don't crap all over them, you know, which is, which is like what she did. And then basically throwing a temper tantrum. Which, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you set up for your business and everything. But the whole thing with her and Bailey throwing a temper tantrum, laying down, I was like, come on, man. That's and then then you drag Naomi
0: when you're tag team champs and you have more pull than Naomi does. Like Naomi has nothing outside of WWE. You know, like and you dragged Naomi with you, you know, on that aspect of it. Yeah. And it's like
1: you know, here's, the, here's the thing about Naomi. She's, she could have said, you know what? Hey, you know what? Girl, you do your business and I'll do mine. So, you know, so she and Naomi should have, should have known better to do that because that got heat on, on Jimmy, which not good. Well, either yeah. one of those
0: guys because they already had enough heat from all their DUIs,
1: <laughs> you know. I just seems the more heat they got, the more pushes they got. I know, right? Shit. I don't get it, you know.
0: I don't either, but uh, uh, it's because they got that Roman rub.
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, yeah. you know, I guarantee you, know, it, you that's
0: it, Roman Roman yeah. sticking up for them and then going, Hey, you guys don't fuck up anymore. I can I've only I've only I can only go so far to help you. Yeah. You gotta get shit straight.
1: And then know? Jimmy's and then and then Jimmy's woman's like, Oh really? Let me sing you the song of my people. Roman's like, what the hell, man? Come yeah. on. Yeah. right. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure nothing happens to your husband, mm-hmm. and here you are, just totally just going off the rails. You know, yeah. I don't uh, know. It, it's wrestling is there's always so many politics in wrestling. As Vince Russo said, if you put the real show on the backstage politics, the backstabbing, the 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 the, the, the throat cutting, the politics of it, man, that would be a hell of a show. Yeah, it would be, be a ratings getter. Be a ratings bonanza.
0: Agreed. <laughs> uh, agreed, but you know, I don't know. I just, I will be. I'll be interested to see kind of the direction they go with it, and yeah, you know how they go. I mean, I don't know. I, I would. I, I, at this point, just seeing everything and knowing their expansion to stardom and what they're wanting to do, I have a hard time them not putting it on Sasha Banks at this point. Um, but this is only the second title defense for Kari, Sane, so. Maybe they'll. Let her keep it. I don't know. Yeah, well, I
1: don't, think, I don't here's, here's the usually thing about stardom and the Japanese is if they give them person a belt, they have the belt for a while. Yeah. You know, so they actually let them defend the championship and stuff. And I'll tell you the truth. The one person I can see who I think has a lot of markability. If you bring her to the States, I think she would do excellent because she's got a good look. I like the way she I, I, I like her wrestling style. She's not too egregious, is a uh, Julia. Yeah. Oh, she's. To me, I mean, she's got money ran all over. Her.
0: And they've been talking about that for a while, but I, I don't know. There's something that just always has held her back. They still haven't just pulled the trigger on her yet, which is weird because she'd be a good crossover. Yeah,
1: I me. Mean, I've always, I've always loved, and I've always had the biggest crush on Natsu Sumeri, um Sumari, I think that's how you say her name. Mm. My God, I mean, I. I you watch her in the ring. Yeah, I mean, she's not she's not the best in the ring. And she does a lot of, like, comedy stuff. But, man, the sex appeal that she has. Holy cow. I mean, I'm looking, I'm like, damn. I'm like, man, could have done something with you in, in WWE or in mm-hmm. AEW. But, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, these, you've got beautiful women over there and, you bring them over, and they try to bring them over, and they can't do anything with them. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah. Well,
0: whatever they're gonna do. But <laughs> but
1: as we digress from <laughs> Japanese wrestling, we have to get back on track here with Star Trek stuff. Which yes, let's let's talk some Star Trek yeah, news. I How mean, about which, we do that? I think you we know. got some news here. Don't we? don't don't we? John? We have a little bit of news this yeah, week, because- so let's
0: go ahead and do that. Let's uh let's blow our bosun's whistle right here. And we will get started with the news for this week from, uh, most. like I said, most of our, as I've said before, most of our news comes from StarTrekMovie.com. They seem to be most up to date on lots of wide variety Shout of stuff Shout out
1: StarTrekMovie.com. Trek.
0: Yeah, great. They're a great uh, website for all that kind of stuff. The first article we're going to talk about is their review of the X-06 Star Trek motion picture, Colinar Spock, the 1-6 figure. The title is, that has The Figure Has Proven Itself Worthy. Um,
1: motion this, picture, baby. It's. I'm telling yeah. you, it's a cult class. It's. it's I'm telling. It's getting the respect it deserves now. Mm-hmm.
0: Somewhat. I mean, Let's you know, see. some. Of, hey, which one of us has seen Let's William Shatner Lance live? On. Like, and Yo, Lance,
1: you want to talk crap about the motion picture?
0: No, uh, let, hey, which one of us has seen William Shatner live? And then they showed Wrath of Khan. They didn't show the motion picture. Oh wait, that was me. Mm-hmm. That was me. Oh yeah, motherfucker, that was me. So. Um, <laughs> I'm trying
1: not to drop the F bomb. You're dropping F bombs. I love it. I know. Yeah.
0: So uh so this is uh the, the X06 figure. We we've talked, we've seen pictures of it the whole yeah. time. Uh, you know, uh the price is $175 for the Kolinar Spock. Uh they rate it as a grade A. I mean, I why, how could you not rate anything less than a grade A? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is the Colinar spot when he's in the black robe, when he shows oh. up on the ship. Um uh and it is an incredible figure um and this is a 12 inch star trek figure um and so this figure um you know is uh is part of the it's one of two special releases from the motion picture they had admiral james d kirk and look the at Spock. look and at so- that
1: yeah, I mean... That's it's, crazy. It's it's beautiful. Look at the detail. I mean, the yeah. detail on the thing is just, it's incredible.
0: It's incredible. And so, um, and so, it, it is, and they're saying it's probably the finest figure of Spock ever produced. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just, I mean, really it is. The, the robes, the, the facial features, everything on it, the packaging for it. Oh my God, the packaging on this thing is just incredible. They show on it's, the front side it's the motion yeah. picture with his face on it for, but as the figure and on the on the inside they show a picture of the shuttle and his arrival in the enterprise. Um just good lord. It's like they've I just have to. Mm-hmm. I
1: actually recently I had a friend of mine he's a uh he deals in antiques and other collectible items and he uh mm-hmm. He came across a lady who had a giant Star Trek collection mm. of old school models and, and figures and everything. And I've bought a bunch of stuff from him, a bunch of the models, you know. But thing with everything, everything is un, it's unopened, it's unboxed. Oh wow! And so everything is still boxed up in the plastic and stuff. And if you look at the stuff that he had, it was just incredible. And but I look at this XO six, and I'm looking at it like man, yeah. That's something you look in about five to ten years. That's probably worth like six to seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, easily still in mm-hmm. the package in the plastic. So yeah, that's definitely all the XO six figures are to me. They're investment grade opportunities. Yeah. So
0: because especially that special edition Cisco that has all that shit. Yeah. I mean exactly. with, Oh yeah. man, because you yeah. have the regular and the special edition. Yeah. Yeah, and oh man, that special edition with all the where you could recreate the pale moon uh, in the pale moonlight with the oh my god, that's one
1: of the yeah. greatest. I mean, in all honesty, that that might be one of the greatest Star Trek episodes ever because it shows you how it's 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 basically here's the blueprints for a false flag. Yeah, it's a direct false flag, and for for the for the DS nine like writing crew. I don't know if they did this intentionally or unintentionally when when they wrote that, but man, mm-hmm. how that has come true in so many like real life aspects. I mean, right? I mean, the entire D. Space Nine, you know, series. You you look at There's so much life and so many predictions that have come true that that Ira Stephen Bear and have and the boys have written it's just it's it's unreal it's like my god do these guys mm-hmm. like look into the future do they have a time machine Did they have does somebody come from like the future and tell them i mean
0: yeah yeah,
1: In- incredible
0: uh, well unlike I mean? the simpsons i mean whoever is on the simpsons and they're tapped into the future for sure yes yeah. holy shit they might have stuff like that but one thing is interesting if you go to trekmovie.com and look at this review they compare the colonar spock from uh x06 to the Quantum Mechanics one six box from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And boy, even that is just, you know, night and day. And, and the quantum mechanics one is decent. You know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're like, okay, but then you compare the two and they have a side-by-side picture of the two. Holy shit. It no. is not even
1: no, no, no close. wasn't the quantum mechanics one? Was that more money than the X06? Uh,
0: I don't remember, but I do know that was a TOS Spock production um okay. and and this is a you know the motion picture but still it was supposed to be like you know investment quality stuff mm-hmm. and it's just cool oh. they even show mm-hmm. co- uh, close ups of the hands they have the one hand doing the Vulcan salute and another mm-hmm. with both hands you know together with Spock doing his whole you yeah, know cool. thing like that and oh my gosh they are just whew. and it comes with a, a IDIC badge so it can be mounted on the front of the transporter pad. Um, it's just, good lord. And I mean, <laughs> and then they showed the picture of the, the Admiral Kirk from the movie in his dress uniform, little belt thingy. Oh, yeah. I'm telling those, you,
1: they're... those are still the worst uniforms in the history of the planet.
0: Oh, they're terrible. But yeah. the, the, the figure itself is beautiful.
1: Yeah, I know it is. Yeah.
0: The figure itself is beautiful. It, yeah. if, you know, the one thing I will say this. Kirk's uniform looks decent. Everybody else having to wear that one-piece bodysuit with the belt for some reason. <laughs> it was so dumb. It was William awful.
1: Shannon was like, I'm not going to look like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. For the most picture,
0: Exactly. It was, I'm going to have
1: a two-piece.
0: Yeah. And then he, he pulled it off. But, oh, that he was did. one thing. He, he did tell a funny story about pranking DeForest Kelly. Um, oh, he yeah. pranked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and dude, he's such a stream of consciousness guy. It's not even funny. So like he wants to talk about DeForest Kelly and pranking him on set. And then he starts talking about archery and like how, you know, somebody taught him how to art. He learned, he saw this guy on a show and shot it. He was supposed to shoot a arrow on a string and hit the tree right next to him. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 it doesn't work. So they just, the guy just shoots it and nails it. And like, he's just, like, learning the archery from this guy and his whatever, and then he, he goes, and then he, I think he's aware because people are, like, kind of, been here shuffling a little bit, he goes, <laughs> I know, you're wondering what the hell does archery have to do with pranking Forrest Kelly? I'm getting there, okay? You know?
1: <laughs> it's,
0: it's like almost watching Denny Crane in real life. It really was. Denny Crane. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And so... Did,
1: did, it, did the subject of Denny Crane come up?
0: Oh, yeah. Somebody said something. They said, the, you know, the guy who wrote the uh, motion, uh, like, he's going, and then somebody says, Denny Crane. He goes, thank you. Don't ever say that again. Um, You know, but like, they talked about Denny Crane. They talked about some other stuff, but like, he was talking about DeForest Kelly and he said, I, you know, when you, when you learn to stalk, you, you look at people and DeForest Kelly always, when we had, you know, you work sometimes from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and in those two to three o'clock morning hours, people are less guarded. And he told me one of his fears was like losing his mind forgetting stuff. (laughs) And so, he said it's one that he and he always knows when DeForest Kelly would go get a bagel. He loved he's a Southern guy, but he loved bagel. And he would sit and he'd put it in the toaster and he'd just kind of be bouncing up and down, like, Oh, we get a bagel, we get a bagel. And so he said one day he decided to prank him. So he gets Leonard to Leonard Nimoy to like distract DeForest Kelly. And he's like, Oh, hey, D, I got something in my eye. Can you come help me figure out? <laughs> and so says, Yeah, okay. And so Shatner goes over there, pops the toaster, pulls the uh, bagels out, puts it in his pocket, puts it back down, and then, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I think I got it. Cool, thanks. So he walks over and he's like, yeah, we get my bagel, and then pop, and there's nothing there. And he's like, what? I, I, I put a bagel in it. I know. And so now he gets another one, he cuts it, and he puts it in now. It's less like I'm getting, but like, I'm going to get a bagel. I want my bagel, like, you know, kind of thing. So he, he tells Leonard to, distract him again so he does and he's like hell d let that you didn't it didn't work there's still something in my eye and so he walks over there and no, oh he pops God. it again takes it and he says i don't have any room in my pocket now so i'm trying to like i don't know what to do as as he's coming back so i'm like trying to stuff it in my mouth so he goes back over to the toaster and he's waiting again and the pops and it's not there and so he's looking around and he looks at leonard he looks at me and he sees me trying to stuff the bagel in my mouth he's like you son of a bitch you know, you know yeah you know, yeah yes yeah you know, so there was some fun stuff like that he talked about you know being on the motion picture and how that sucked because you know somebody wanted that you know, we were searching the star wars and like hey paramount we have this star Wars star trek thing and they kind of wrote it together and it wasn't that great, but then somebody's wife really loved Star Trek, and so they you know, they did Star Trek to Rathacon, and then it went from there. And you know, it was just very funny how he, you know, would would uh, talk about that kind of stuff. So um it it was an interesting night to, for sure to say the least, to to hear him talk and share and watch Rathacon and then see him there to talk about that and everything. It was it was a cool night, but that's a digression because it comes to our second story. We have our Cut second story. On! Yeah, yeah. Nobody did that, thankfully. What? Nobody did that. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't Rocky Horror Picture Show, sir. It was the Wrath of Con. We enjoyed the show as is, not Rocky Horror Picture. But Paramount Plus affirms Section 31 Star Trek Show is still in development. Yeah. Michelle Yo wins a Golden Globe Award. So yeah. Uh, so Shelly it's yo, been four years dope. apparently since Section 31 and uh, for Star Trek is <laughs> yeah, it was announced. So, oh my god, but they're still talking about it. Um, as <laughs> the TCA event on Monday, Paramount Plus promoted a number of upcoming shows, including the third season of Star Trek Picard. And during the Picard panel, there was no announcement of any other seasons or or series. But TV Line got Paramount Executive to talk about one particular show and says, Yet, despite Yo's status as a hot commodity. Tanya Giles, chief programming officer for Paramount Streaming, told TV Line at a Television Critics Association press tour that they've been in conversations about the Section 31 series, affirming it's still in development. So Michelle Yeoh has been all over the place. Uh, First minutes confirmed with Trek Movie that Yeoh's Section 31 project is one of the two Star Trek shows that is actively in development, and another being the Starfleet Academy series. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that it's going to be coming. It's just a matter of when. When. Yeah. And then, of course, um, as I'm sure most people know, Michelle Yeoh uh, won a Golden Globe for um, her her everything, everywhere, all at once role um, as the best actress in a musical or comedy motion picture. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know she's also in this Netflix miniseries, The Witcher Blood Origin, which shows how the first Witcher is made. Um, and she's apparently in The Way of Water, Avatar. Mm-hmm. So. And she's also doing a series for Disney Plus, America Born Chinese. Um, so there's a lot going on. She's she's a hot hot commodity right now. Yeah, and Paramount needs to kind of really step it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Triple D, we've. I mean, I can remember a while back when we heard about Section Thirty One, um, back when Discovery was happening. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Like, do you feel like they've, you know, do you feel like they have too many fire, you know, irons in the fire right now to really get this thing done or is it more of the availability of yo that has kept it from moving forward
1: personally i think it's because they didn't step up and give her the big money to do the section 31 four years ago Hmm. so now they're scrambling to try to like you know get her you know to try to get her there because when she did discovery i mean she really wasn't in a lot of things when she started discovery correct
0: she was in the opening epi- open two episodes. Yes. As but as our universe as Prime Universe. Yes, Prime uh, Giorgio. Prime George And but, then but, later well saying, she was Emperor. But, but
1: at the time when Discovery first came out, she really wasn't doing a lot of stuff, was she? Right. So not really. She did Discovery, and then all of a sudden and some offers came in and she's made big on those offers. Right. But Paramount at the time. Should have, after Emperor Giorgio, they did the whole Emperor Giorgio storyline. Should have signed her right there and right then to do the Section Thirty-One. And yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. It takes a while to plan these things, to write it, and to get to get it going. But four years, yeah, I think they just sat on their ass and they really didn't do and they really didn't do anything. Yeah. Too many irons in the fire. I don't think so because, I mean. That's what the Paramount Plus is. Paramount Plus is the streaming TV division of, of, of Paramount. They really don't do a lot of movies, not really the movie division. So, you know, so I think they can easily handle that. Mm-hmm. But I think obviously COVID screwed things over for, for two years, two, three years. So, but yeah, I, th- I think it's just Paramount just being, you know, not not getting their busting gear, sort of like a Star Trek four. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like this, this has been for how, how long, how many years have we talked about a Star Trek four and the Kelvin timeline? Uh, and, I mean, what you, When was the last one? When was the uh, Star Trek beyond that was yeah. 20, like 12. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere around, Yeah. So you've got, and you've got the entire cast, like you get the cast. They want to come back mm-hmm so okay so and i get it i get it you know hemsworth is a lot of money yeah. if you want him to play george kirk he's 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 a, he's a lot of money but guess what so you have hemsworth star in the movie yeah. you're gonna get it's gonna draw it's gonna yeah. draw money plain mm-hmm. and simple chris pine chris hemsworth zachary quinto zoe saladana it's gonna draw money it's it's just print you can just print money with that because you're going to get all, because you're going to get all the Star Trek fans. You're going to get the Marvel fans too, because the, all the Thor fans, because they want to see Hemsworth. So to me, it's, it's, it's a no, it's a win-win situation. So, but to be like Shannon, where I just go off on, on, on tangents to bring it all back to so the original answer is, yeah, they, they sat on their duffs and they didn't pursue this so that they should have pursued it. You know, and at the time, yes, during the whole section thirty one, they had other shows like Lower Decks, Picard, Strange New Worlds. You know, they're coming up with Prodigy, they're coming up with different shows at the time. So I don't know. You know, it's uh it's easy for me to sit here in armchair quarterback, everything, but if you want to get something done, you get something done. Yeah. And right now is the time to get it done because Star Trek is hot, and you when when it's hot, you got to make that money. Mm-hmm. So because because look at Star Wars, look look at Disney, they've got the Star Wars machine freaking rolling, man. They're they have, almost have like a new series every single like year, like two or three new series every single year, We're rolling the mile, you know. And it's like, come on. We, you know, I mean, Paramount's a big company. You make a lot of money. Let's do this. Come on. You know, we gotta, mm-hmm. you know, keep the the original sci-fi. We gotta keep it OG. We gotta keep it going. You know. So, I don't know. That's just that's just that's, that's just my tangent on that. Yeah, but because, you know that that just you, seems to you be the case. Me right last now. week, you triggered me last week to start that stuff. stuff.
0: I know, and I and, prefer- this, and this week is it's the same thing. But in the, I think in the sense right now, they're so focused on the properties that they have that it's hard for them to kind of look forward to. Hey, Picard's ending. What are we going to have to fill its place? We, mm-hmm. I think, because you've got so many people who are on so many things who just you know are hey. So this writer from this show is now going to this show, and you know you don't have you have one guy running it all cool, um, uh, but then it becomes more of a, oh, no, well, uh, this is the kind of thing we need to focus on and this is the kind of thing we need to, um, you know, really think about the future. And then how much time are they, you know, putting into that, really, honestly? You know, and that's that's the real question. But, you know, one thing that we don't have to question is IDW's work um, for Star Trek as comics. And they just announced uh, on the 18th, that Star Trek Day of Blood comic crossover will explore the Dominion War Fallout and Cisco's past.
1: Yeah, so, there we go.
0: So, this is actually going to start. Um, uh, so, this summer, the uh, IDW will launch a Star Trek Comics crossover event that will bring together the new ongoing flagship Star Trek series launch in 2022, the upcoming Star Trek Defiance series. Which kicks off in March, and the Day of Blood crossover arc will begin with a special prelude issue released on Free Comic Book Day. Which, in case you don't know what that is, Free Comic Book Day is always the first Saturday in May, and uh, this year May sixth, where you go and there's going to be comics that you get for free from your local comic book shop. Wow! And they've done it for the last many many years now, um, and so. What John, happens John, is... John,
1: I'm sorry, John. When is Free Comic Book Day again?
0: Uh, May 6th. Okay. It's, it's always the first Saturday of... Um, it's always the first Saturday of May. But this year, it's May 6th. Mm-hmm. And every year at your comic book shop, they'll have... Like, DC will have something to kind of prelude what they're going to be doing for that summer and into the fall. Uh, Image, all these different companies kind of put out, you know, what they want for Free Comic Book Day to kind of showcase... This is where we're going. And so IDW is doing that with this um, prelude to Day of Blood, is what they're calling it, for Free Comic Book Day. And the synopsis is this. In prelude, the USS Santa Cruz travels to the the Korvat colony for Kotbathal. But that was supposed to be a simple observation of the Sacred Klingon Festival. quickly turns into a bloodbath when the cult of the God killer reveals themselves to the universe Jeez. and they have the cover. It's super cool. It's an homage to, you can tell when watch me. Number one, you see what looks like an engineer security uniform. You have a star Trek badge. Cause it's yellow and black on one side and you have blood running kind of almost down the middle and covering the badge a little bit um, like a little stream of blood. It's pretty cool. Um, so the writer for this is going to be Jackson Lansing Colin Kelly, and Christopher Cantwell with art okay. by Mike Freehand. And so um, they say it's time for Benjamin Cisco to face the past uh, and for readers to finally get a look at the true fallout for the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Deep Space Nine is the inspiration for the entire line. So it feels only right the crew of the USS Theseus comes back to where it all started is what they've, they have. If you go to trekmovie.com, you can see some of their preview pages um, for it. It looks really, really great. And then they say, here's the full breakdown for this crossover event. For the, it's gonna be a, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. It's gonna be a six issue crossover. Wow. So you're gonna have the Prelude to Day of Blood on May 6th. Uh, on, in Star Trek, Day of Blood number one, that'll be July. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek Defiant number six is August 2023. Uh, Star Trek 11. August 2023. Those are going to be your next two arcs in this storyline. Um, Star Trek Defiant number seven in September, and then Star Trek number twelve, September 23rd, will be looks like probably the conclusion of that story arc. So then, if you in the same article, if you go look, you can look at some preview pages for Defiant number one, um, and it says in Defiant, someone is killing the gods. But while Benjamin Cisco and the USS Theseus have been facing the threats in higher cosmos. Very real causalities are growing on lower ground. The true enemy is a man, not a god. And Worf of House Martok has put together his own crew aboard the USS Defiant in the hopes of defeating the dangerous Messiah behind the genocidal cult. Mm -hmm. And so that's you get to see there's no text bubbles or anything like that, but you're getting to see some of the pages from this thing, Mm -hmm. and it looks pretty good. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty nice looking to go check that out. So, um, of course, you can always pre-order these. You can get the digital editions on Amazon.com/comicsology. Um, if you want to find out where you can get the Prelude issue for free, visit FreeComicBookDay.com for more information on comic books in your area that will be doing and hosting a free Comic Book Day. So that you can pick up your copy and not be left out on this thing. So, yep. Triple D, hearing this, the first comic crossover event with the two new Star Trek um, comic entities. How do you feel about this?
1: I can't wait. Cannot wait to read about. It. And as you said before, Cisco was a character that really hasn't been explored a lot, mm-hmm. especially his past. I mean, like in some of the books, some of the Star Trek literature universe, you know, he's been explained with the future and everything else, how he was the captain of a, a, he was in one of the novels, he was the captain of a uh, galaxy class starship. So I can't wait for this. I mean, this is awesome. It also coincides with another thing with Evolving Cisco. The autobiography of Benjamin Sisco, which you sent me.
0: I'm gonna, I was gonna, that's interesting. Oh, oh, stop blowing Iba- the spot. Iba- 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 Iba. You're blowing the spot, man.
1: Spot so we'll
0: right. get to that in a second, but uh, yeah, so- I, I do, I do want to cover this one. Uh, well, I'll save this one for later because it's going to tie into our main story. So let's okay. go ahead. I'll jump, we'll jump again and talk about that. So sorry, Jack. No, that's good. It works out fine. So uh, we, uh, I sent this to you yeah. uh, a few days ago, but. The next Star Trek autobiography is coming from Captain Benjamin Sisko, as mm-hmm. you were so alluding to. Um, and uh, this celebrates the 38th anniversary of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And and the book was going to be sell- exploring the fascinating life of a Star Trek celebrated war captain and Bezo's emissary to the prophets, Benjamin Sisko. So um, you're going to discover the hidden history of his childhood and his early career in Starfleet. The innermost thoughts of the man who discovered the Gamma Quadrant. Made first contact with wormhole aliens. United, United Starfleet, Klingon, and Romulan forces defeat the Dominion Empire. You're gonna see Cisco's personal take on confidants Lieutenant Dax, Major Kieran Reese, the medic Garrick, his adversaries golden cock Kai Winn, as well as his father, as well as well as his father Levis for his son Jake Cisco. Hmm. So the cover is beautiful. It's a red cover with the DS9 badge and the DS nine uh, behind that badge and kind of a, you know, see-through look. Um, and then it says the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko. Um, and it's going to, it's so this is the fifth title from Titan books that has that series that has the autobiography, of James T Kirk followed up by by autobiographies from Captain Picard, Janeway and Spock. Um, and so it'll be released later this year And it isn't available yet for pre-order, so we don't we know it's going to be this year. We don't know when yet, and it's not available for pre-order. So, uh, I'm going to take this one. uh, This is probably the book I'm going to be getting this year for sure. Yeah, Um, I I can't wait to read this. I think it'll be fun Um, because, like you said, sometimes we don't know. We, We the show hinted at and explored a little bit about Cisco, but you can't really do that. You can't. You couldn't really do that because you had a bigger story you had to tell so this will be interesting and fun to be able to see cisco's history his biography and i mean he's my favorite captain so i'm gonna i'm yeah, definitely looking is, yeah. forward to it so this is this is gonna be one where i mean you're getting to see them talk about his view of dax and kira garrett goldacott kai Nguyen, you know all the stuff that you know we didn't get his true Take on because yeah. we weren't in his brain. Now this is almost like being in his brain, getting to see mm-hmm. his take personally yeah. from the stuff. So it'll be a lot of fun. This is definitely going to be on my bookshelf when it comes out, and um, I'm, I'm definitely going to buy it as soon as it comes out. But uh, I know Triple D, you've you've read a, like a, you have one of the autobiographies, right? You have the yeah, I have, yeah, right.
1: Sure. Let's see. So I've listened to the autobiography of Janeway. That was okay. really good. Because K. Mulgrew uh, narrated that. Okay. So it's 11 hours of hearing K. Mulgrew basically tell the story of uh, of Janeway. The autobiography of James T. Kirk, which I have. The autobiography of Captain Spock. And I still haven't got the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard yet. So Mm -hmm. I have to get Picard and then Cisco and then basically read them all. And then I basically covered the entire gambit of the autobiographies. Mm. What I'm going to be, what I'm looking forward to is, I think going to the autobiography of the first officers now? The mm. autobiography of William T. Riker. The autobiography of. We still have Archer. Of oh yeah, the autobiography of Captain Archer. The autobiography of the Paul. The the autobiography of um. Shoot, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, you can do the autobiography of of Worf. The autobiography of you know data i mean where are where where are they going to go in this series yeah you know are they going to stick to the captains or are they going to go to the other main characters which i'd be i'd love to hear the autobiography of 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 worf to hear about his background of growing up as a klingon on mm-hmm. on earth and then his time at the at at, at starfleet academy and then the author filling in you know some of the lost years on the Enterprise after the Enterprise, and in the literature universe, Worf does become the captain of the USS Enterprise. So that would be something. What, I mean to basically hear him from being from being a diplomat to becoming the captain of the USS Enterprise, I mean that's to me that would be a hell to read.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. disagree with that at all. I think it would be a lot of fun. You know, um to explore that, but I think I think you gotta get through all the captains and I think after Sisko, exactly, yeah. you know, which Spock is your first officer, so technically he was a captain, but not, you know, I mean yeah. you know, so uh, yeah, but, yeah, so but. We, we have what we 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 have Kirk, we have Picard, Janeway, and, and then now Cisco. Yeah. So that means we're missing Archer. Archer, and is that it? Because there's there's five. Because we're not going to do Pike, or could you do Pike? You could do Which, Pike. You could Why do not? Pike, right? Yeah, we well, do, do Pike. We kept um, Pike. Um,
1: surely, you wouldn't do Burnham, right? Surely, they wouldn't do Burnham. Right. They would uh, do Burnham. I think you know what? I think a Burnham story would be interesting.
0: I think a George O. story would be interesting. I
1: think a, yeah, yeah, Georgio or a Burnham story would, would yeah. be interesting. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I I know Discovery gets a lot of hate. But the story of Burnham, like, yeah, going from like season one to now, I mean, it's, I mean I mean it's a pretty cool transformation. It's a pretty like yeah. cool and even story her story stuff.
0: like of her childhood, you know. Yeah. Growing up with parents who were uh one was a section thirty one, you know, scientist and the other was a section thirty one operative. And then they their parents her parents quote unquote get killed when Klingon's attack and then yeah. having to grow up on Vulcan as a human, mm-hmm. really. You know, I mean that whole dichotomy of it. So I think it would be interesting. But honestly, I'd love to see all the captains get their autobiographies, especially, you know, Archer, um, which is interesting enough because that's our next story about Scott Bakula explaining how Enterprise could have run seven seasons and he's open to returning to Star Trek. What?
1: Are they going to bring back Enterprise?
0: uh, uh, No, he says it could have run for seven seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, because he said, um, had we had syndication, we'd have gotten an easy seven, easy breezy. Our numbers were beyond what anybody else had done when we started out. But the nature of network television, it was just a different animal. There are lots of changes in the hierarchy, not only at Paramount, uh, but of the network of UPN at the time as well. There are all kinds of unfor- – um, and we were there at kind of an unfortunate time. And yet, I still have to say, gratefully, we got four seasons. But yeah, it would have been nice to do more. We certainly have had more stories to tell, had places to go, but it didn't work out. And so uh, he said one of the – you couldn't put a finger on one person. There were so many elements to the beginning of UPN – and the transitions uh, in the terms of UPN president Team Valentine leaving in 2022. And the people of Paramount uh, left also. So the champions of Star Trek folks kind of left on their own, and, and so that was kind of the biggest cause of it. And then the network combined with the WB to form the CW, uh, and a joint venture between CBS and Warner Brothers, and only a handful of former UPN shows made the transition. Uh, with Veronica Mars being the sole scripted drama to do so. So that's kind of what the biggest hit was for him. Now, when asked about returning to Trek, uh, he, he, he said, I've been doing this too long to say never or no to anybody. I talk to everybody about stuff, so sure. He also indicated he's open to the following other legacy actors and lending his voice to animated Trek shows. I've done a bunch of animated voiceover work in animation, so I enjoy it. It just hasn't come across my desk. But I do appreciate being referred to as Legacy as opposed to Old Trek. That's very nice. Um, And so, which, you know, that was surprising that he was for a lot of people because he's chosen not to participate in the reboot of Quantum Leap. And he has had a a history of saying no to stuff.
1: They rebooted Quantum Leap?
0: Yeah, there's some Asian guy doing it now. When did they do that? uh, This year. Or the fall of last year. Yeah, it's been on, it's been on Peacock and all that stuff.
1: It's on Peacock.
0: I think it's on regular network NBC too, but I know for sure you could catch it on Peacock. But yeah, they rebooted the it. Cock. It's on the cock. The cock.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go on the cock, pal. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he he did talk about he's thrilled to see new fans of Enterprise um, that they're discovering through through streaming, and he thinks it's uh, uh, he he kind of liked it. He kind of. He talked about the Zindi element and their 9-11 component with that and just how people are relating to that. Um, and that he was proud of the show's spirit of exploration. And mm-hmm. that was his favorite thing about exploring and learning and growing from that. Um, once he got past the Vulcan thing, I think he, he was pretty much free sailing. He talked about with Archer, with the chips on their shoulder and getting past that. So, you know, I I like Vacula as Archer. I thought he yeah. he embodied that role really, really well. Being the first captain of the first enterprise you know uh, ever created for starfleet and um you know i really enjoyed it a- again i agree with him it was a good show i felt like they had more to tell yeah, it was no, sad no, they no. had to end it at four but um triple d uh, hearing this where would you want to see bacula make a return either live action or animation mm. where would you like to see it pop up at
1: animation lore decks Live yeah. action? Yeah. You're going to be shocked at this one, but Section
0: 31. Ooh, really?
1: Okay. Okay. I There was a little Easter egg in Star Trek Beyond when Simon Pegg says, I, uh, I tried transwarp beaming with Admiral Archer's prized beagle. It hasn't returned yet. So, Archer is still alive at the time of Kirk and Spock. Why not for Section 31? Mm. Why not bring him back for that? Yeah. Because mm. I think the him being being a little older and having that look, I think that would look good with Section 31. And you have Michelle Yeoh and Scott Bakula. It's a pretty much yeah. a win-win. Yeah. So. Yeah. And somehow man. you tie Archer into it yeah no, so
0: yeah no, I think it's i think honestly it's one of those things where um i he would be a good fit he's a, he's a talented actor yeah. actor and he he knows he knows the character, so mm-hmm. I would be good with i would be happy to see him back period um lower decks definitely, but I would love to see him back live action honestly i really would i thought he did a great job with it he's older now I think it'd be great to see him as an older yeah. you know uh archer. Kind of aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's. I think it was. He did a great job with it, but, um, you know, could we see him in, in Strange New Worlds? Maybe I doubt it because I think by that time it's pretty old. But Anson Mount does talk, uh, season some season two of uh, Strange New Worlds, and he says, uh, like that he's ready, they're having a lot of fun with some of the stuff that they're doing, and so as we know, he talks about the crossover episode. He <laughs> says, so for instance. Uh, that one's already been announced. The crossover with Lower Decks is tremendous fun and straight up comedy, and we had a blast with it. But apparently, comedy episode taking animated characters and bringing them to live action isn't the biggest new thing for season two. Anton Mount explains that's not even the craziest thing we did. So here's the thing: this crossover of it with animated characters is not the the craziest thing they did. So there's what? one ep- yes, there's one episode I'm thinking towards the end of the season, and you don't know when you see it where it required us to work many weekends. But we, we were so excited about it. It was not laborious. We were excited to show up on Sunday rehearsals, and all the things that we had to do to pull it together, the one episode, we're really excited about it.
1: I know what it is. Do you? Shatner's Rock Monsters of Star Trek V. <laughs>
0: so he did not elaborate on the crazy episode, but adds that some context to what show uh Henry Alonzo Myers told Trek movie on Star Trek, Taylor September. We're not telling stories without telling stories about character. And that's really what season two is about. But this is also means bigger science fiction ideas, bigger, stranger worlds, crazier things. We try a couple of things that have never been done on track before. Personally, I believe it successfully. So, um, season one has already seen a few episodes. Where one might consider a bit crazy, including the Elysian Kingdom, um, where yeah. they turned into fantasy characters, and Pike meaning his alternate future self in the season finale. Maybe season two will often. Have the much discussed musical episode.
1: That was to me the season one finale. Brilliant. Yeah. And especially that uniform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, love that uniform. Yeah. Watched it a lot last weekend.
1: Saw it a lot. Yeah. So, it, but, it, but, it but, but how they modernize it a little bit though. Oh god i want that for halloween man Mm, it's a good one i'm waiting i'm waiting for somebody in china to like make that
0: yeah because they'll be on ebay soon i'm sure you can find it now i'm sure you can go and find it so uh there's some previews about season four of lower decks um hold on
1: uh, for a second season four of lower decks already have four seasons
0: yeah we're at Holy we just God. finished season three. We just talked man. about that a couple a couple months ago.
1: Uh, to, to me, it's just crazy. It's like yeah. I mean, Laura Dex have the same amount of seasons that Enterprise had. Yeah. It's probably gonna have more. Yeah. I mean, so, you could do Laura Dex for 20 seasons, easy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So here's here's what they're saying. Uh so Mike man who's the showrunner. He said, we're working hard on season four. I think it's our best season yet. It's our funniest. It's our most dramatic. It's our most to Linfield. I'm just loving it. There are amazing episodes where we go to Orion, and we have been dying to do so for so long. There's a very romantic episode. It's almost like a Valentine's Day episode, but I'm not going to reveal if kissing happens in it because it will give away what happens. There's a wedding in season four. Brace yourselves. Get on your wharf wedding attire and look forward to that. The wedding of the season is coming. So, in season four, you'll see more Peanut Hamper. I don't think she'll ever get another full, standalone Peanut Hamper-style episode. We'll get a really good, fun Peanut Hamper story in season four.
1: I was like, this is going to be my one F-bomb for the... (laughs) Fuck Peanut Hamper. That's all I'm going to say. I think I dislike Peanut Hamper more than the Romulans. (laughs) Wow. Seriously. Uh... If I could take a sledgehammer and destroy Peanut, I, I, I would do it. Yes. yes. Because what a filthy piece of crap or filthy piece of machine she is. Oh, God. Yes, but, I remember, but I, remember. I literally wanted to punch the TV screen where they did the full standalone episode with her. Oh, yeah. I want to be like, you raggedy bitch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but remember, and that at the end of that episode, because they make reference to this in the article, who is she parked next to in uh, the Daystrom Institute self-aware megalomaniac computer storage at next station?
1: Next to Jeffrey Combs.
0: Yes, Agamus! So, could the return of and Hammer mean that we make that Agabus makes a return as well? well okay, so. we,
1: seriously, can we just have Jeffrey Combs guest star like on every single episode? Yeah, yeah why not? Just have him just do a voice. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> Activist that episode was so funny, man.
0: Yeah. It was so good. So uh they talked about the the all the little Easter eggs that are put in there. Um and that little next is known for that. I mean, man said that they did that just for themselves at first. Um, <laughs> you know, like let's fill it with stuff and then it's just trying to pop each other. Yeah, it's literally uh you know that there's all kinds of just little bitty things that they do. um Um that they try to tie in like um, they showed a, a picture when Bundler is about to freak out they show a galadorian in the series in the background a, like left hand side which is from the first season of the of um, three episode reflections you know <laughs> uh, it, it's just, they just all the different stuff um, that they do and uh, it, it's I love Lower Decks. It's it's easily one of my favorites that they've done. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited for it. But uh and I mean, yeah, so that'll be much late. That'll be later this year, way later in, in the fall, most likely, is is where it's gonna get. But last new story of the day. Well, no, second to last new story of the day, because we're gonna talk about one more because it ties into our main story. Uh Fan home revives Eagle Moss Enterprise D build program, master replicas to sell leftover shit models. Oh, so, as you know, and I know, we lamented this. Yeah. Um, Eagle Moss, uh, they went out of business um, and basically bankruptcy. Um, the Building Enterprise D program is being taken over by Diagnosti through their Fan Home brand, which has just officially relaunched the program. And later this year, models from the popular line of hero, hero collector Star Trek ships will go on sale through He Sides Master Replicas brand. The track movie spoke with Eagle Moss, former head of license, Ben Robinson, who's been working as a consultant with both companies. So with the Build Enterprise D program, um, subscribers receive monthly shipments of parts to build a two foot long next generation Enterprise D model, complete with lights and electronics. Holy cow. you know, When they cease operations, those subscribers are left with incomplete models at various stages of completion based on when they started their subscription, but some as close as 80% finished. Oh, that would have to suck. You're 80% done. Oh. You know. That's so like, the Italian based diagnostic collectibles out. has taken over and they are going to finish that out. Pricing has been officially announced, but with Robinson's it'll be close to the original price of around $55 a month, which includes four building kits mm. each month and a collectible magazine. The first shipments will be set out in February in the UK and Europe and March in the United States. The first stage will be to cater to former subscribers, but Diagnosti will also be planning on offering fans a chance to start a new subscription at a later date. Anyone interested in either registering or starting from the beginning for the enterprise D subscription should register at fanhome.com, F-A-N-H-O-M-E.com. So if that's something you want to do and build this two-foot model replica enterprise, you know, go for that. And then Eagle Moss is also uh, Ben Robinson. Uh, the rest of the stock has been um, bought by UK-based side Trading, who distribute toys, games, and collectibles. And that there's a number of warehouses around the world, where they're currently trying to assess the models that are available with the remaining inventory, but expects uh, some of almost everything uh, were manufactured but never distributed by the Hero Collector, Um uh, brand, so they are working on a process set of way for fans to purchase these models directly hmm. online. This will be done under the Master Replicas brand, where some fans may remember another seller of the popular high-end Star Trek licensed replicas when it went out of business in 2022. He is planning on reviving the brand, starting with the Star Trek ship collection sales. So um, for now, nothing is on sale, but they have set up MasterReplicas.com. Where you can currently register your interest. Those who sign up will be notified when sales will begin. According to Robinson, they are looking at releasing the current stock in tranches starting in sometime in 2023. Robinson expects the pricing for the models to be around the same as when they were sold directly by Eagle Moss via retailers. So, um, hey, by the way, big fucking hand to Ben Robinson yeah. for this for keeping this you know. I mean, hell! What a hell of a job to yeah. keep this going, and uh, you know all that fun stuff. So, um, and he saw he promises to give an update when they're ready to announce more details for the re- release of Star Trek ship models through master replicas, and they're discussing license take over the line and make new versions of popular models that are okay. longer in stock, and even develop new ship models, including those from upcoming seasons of original Star Trek shows. So, uh, Triple D. I mean, I'm excited about this because you oh know how much of a fan Mark I am. I didn't get yeah. any. I didn't get any ships for Christmas this year. They're still on my list. Um, so all my Eagle Moss list stuff is still on my birthday, Christmas stuff. My parents didn't give me any this year, which I was a little sad that I didn't get any of those. <laughs> but that's okay. I have my Enterprise. See, it's still in the box. It's never coming out of the box.
1: You got a Minoru Suzuki? Uh, I your-
0: did because you sent me a white Minoru Suzuki.
1: You wanted the white, didn't you?
0: I did want the white. The white yeah. was because I think that was an exclusive. Yeah. Even was. more exclusive than the black season. Yeah.
1: But... Well, I was like wait a minute. I said wait a minute. What's more exclusive? The white. Yeah, he's
0: mm. gonna get the white. The white was dope as hell because that was when he wrestled Okada a few years back in the rain at some show, and it was just awesome to have have, have that. And I mean, did the, he the...
1: kick Okada's ass? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean,
0: Okada, uh, Okada walked out with the title, but Suzuki whipped the shit out of him. Yeah. I mean, like I'm talking, hit him, and you know it's raining, but water just flew. ever <laughs> I mean, there's you can't fake that shit. You can't fake yeah. yeah. spray going everywhere. You gotta be. Here's the
1: thing, though. You gotta you gotta be ter- gotta be careful wearing white tights in the rain because if you uh have have a shard.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, hey! He made it work. He made Darren it. Darren
1: Young, as Darren Young tells the story, uh, he had the baby blues on him. You could tell on TV Eep. that he shared himself. Oops. Oops. It happens. It happens. Rick Flair but... did it too in the ring. <laughs> Rick Flair did oh, it.
0: dude. They're talking about Vader and, you know, a different people. Mick Foley. Dude,
1: man, uh, Vader just smelled. They've yeah. never watched anything.
0: Yeah, his muffler. They, they had sometimes, some of those guys had like what they call mufflers where they'd stick shut stuff in between their butt cracks to keep it from being. Oh, God, Lord. But how do you feel about this Triple D, the Eagle Moss being saved? And, uh, of course, we've already given Ben Robinson a hand. Thank God to him uh but i mean we need more eagle moss in our lives yeah I think.
1: i'm excited i'm excited to see what the future brings like you know with like what they're gonna make for shifts and stuff and gives me a chance to get an enterprise c so i'm down with that
0: like somebody like somebody you get, a, yeah. get a c like me you're gonna get a c right here, but
1: you'll so never bad. get the d from me you'll never get the d Somebody else, somebody else will get the D. So
0: somebody, somebody else will have to give you the D, but well, not me. I'm not giving you the nah,
1: D. Let me tell you something. To quote to quote Joe from uh, from uh, Medea, oh no, there's, there's a sign back there closed. No, 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 nobody goes back there. Exit only. Exit. Nope, 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 no Exit entry. Alone. No entry. So,
0: so uh, we are recording today is 122, but this past Monday was Martin Luther King Day, and if our last right. story to kind of tie into what our main is gonna be. Um this, there is a, on, on the 20th, this was released, I um, don't oh know, on the 13th, this was released a preview um, for a book called To Boldly Go, a children's book that tells Nichelle Nichols inspiring civil rights story. So, um, someone has created a children's book um, called To Boldly Go about Michelle Nichols. It has to use her platform on Star Trek to inspire and recruit a new generation of diverse astronauts and many others in the space and STEM fields. This book is written by Angela Dalton, a former video game producer and now award-winning author of children's books. The Oakland-based writer started her new career by self-publishing If You Look Up in the Sky, and since released books by Viking and HarperCollins, who are publishing to boldly go. Uh, for a new book about Michelle Nichols, she teamed up with New York City-based Lauren Simmer, who illustrated the New York Times best-selling book, the ABC's of Black History. And so, um, basically, um, that... You know, this whole idea of Nichelle Nichols and what she did to recruit and bring about change and, you know, and about, you know, help bring civil rights awareness to the forefront and how it will resonate with today. Uh, this whole book has been written about her life and her story, um, which I, I, I'm sure you know this, but in case you don't know, after the first season, Michelle Nichols was going to quit Star Trek. Yeah, she was struggling with it. She didn't, you know, didn't like it. She felt she wasn't being represented. And what kept her on that show was Martin Luther King Jr. Himself. Yes, you that know, walking came. up, hugging her, telling her, you know, she told uh, she was thinking about quitting the show. and he said, "No, you're representing our culture and what we are and what we're doing, and that a black woman could be successful. You're not yeah. just uh, you're an officer. You're you're on the bridge. You're an important part of this show, and you're showing that." you know black people can do this and mm-hmm. and he convinced her to stay on the show you know so mlk day has a very should have a very special significance for every star trek fan yeah. because without martin luther king jr and nichelle nichols may have walked off the show
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: been a part of it and who could imagine a show without lieutenant uhura i couldn't no i mean no she's She's an integral part First generational kiss. So many things that happened because of her on the show and being a part of that. And just, you know, uh, you, and then of course the beauty and grace that she portrayed on that show and then outside of it. And then in the movies, even, you know, um, you, and then you see her efforts outside of it to, you know, recruit people to the astronaut NASA program. I mean, making videos for NASA to recruit diverse astronauts, you know, um, and all the writings and the things she did. I think, I think this, this is a no-brainer, and it's very cool that someone has said, yes, Michelle Nichols needs a book, but not only a book, but a book for kids to be able to understand mm-hmm. what's going on and being able to do that. So Yeah. Um, great book. You know, it, it should be great. Um, you know, I know she has her autobiographies out there, but really a, a great opportunity for kids to see how. One person, regardless of where you think it's big or small roles or whatever, how this one person made a huge impact in the civil rights yeah. movement with her role as that. So, uh, Triple D, thoughts?
1: What can I say? The GOAT. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's, I mean, what she brought to the table in Star Trek at the time, where she basically said, you know what? There's this glass ceiling. I'm going to burst right through it. And she did. You know, and she was the reason why you know people started seeing her. And you wow, you know, look at an African American female starring on the. You know what? This can work. Interracial kiss, this can work. Mm-hmm. You know, and just and then and then her basically saying you know inspiring generation and generation of children to be, grow up and become astronauts. Basically, listen. You don't have to go a certain fat you can you can do it you know you're smart enough you can do it and un- I mean unbelievable I mean she I mean she did she 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 did a lot of good and you know there's, and thank you Dr. King for keeping her there you know so right yeah you know. yeah but I obviously you know I have my thoughts about NASA and we all know how NASA was formed.
2: Yeah we do yeah,
1: know. so, but, you know, still, it, you know, she gave, she, she did work with them, and it did give a chance for a lot of inner city kids and kids that, at the time, wouldn't even think of, becoming astronauts. You know, going and doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, God rest her soul, and she's awesome, man. Yeah, really
0: is really is. And so, um, you know, to kind of wrap up the news here, I think uh, that's a good story because it's going to lead into our main point. So, uh, James, Mr. Money MacGyver, yourself, if you'll uh, blow our black alert right here. So we're going to be talking well, about. John, I'm sorry, oh, John, just to, because
1: you guys are probably wondering, <laughs> like, why why, why? why does the tree <laughs> hate on NASA? Well, I'll tell you the reason why I kind of hate on NASA a little bit. I'm just going to tell the people who are listening this, look up Operation Paperclip. Oh yeah. And if you look at Operation Paperclip, you'll see the reason why I don't like NASA. So I'll just leave it at that. So guys, look up Operation Paperclip. It's a real thing, it's you know, it's not some made up thing. It really happened. And to me I find it I find it extremely distasteful and sickening. You know, how we allowed because because these certain people had the smarts, even though they committed war crimes, we still brought them over here, gave them houses, paid them an exorbitant amount of money to do this. It, so just look it up and believe me, people more people will look it up will be sickened by it. So mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. But but Michelle Nichols, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and so um, you know. So with that said, we are going to talk about our main point today, which uh, Triple D brought up. We're going to discuss the Deep Space Nine episode "Far Beyond the Stars." Yeah, um, which uh, in honor of Martin Luther King Day, which is an incredibly powerful episode. Mm-hmm. Some say not only was it one of the best episodes of the series, but one of the best of the Star Trek franchise. Um, yeah. I would argue this one in pale in the pale moonlight. Are two not only the best DS9 episodes, but they're, they're top 10 Star Trek franchise episodes, period. Okay, well, shut up down, you know. But this one is incredible. For those of you, uh, we'll go over a quick synopsis of it. You need to go watch it. But um, basically, a short synopsis. It's set, obviously, it's in the 24th century on Deep Space Nine. And Cisco is worn down by the stress of the ongoing Dominion War. And during a visit from his father, he experiences his dreamlike visions of being an African-American science fiction writer in the mid-20th century. They said, what, in the 50s about, right? It was yeah. late 40s, early 50s, somewhere yeah. there. And um, in, in New York City, in the main cast, along with several recurring cast members, portrayed 20th century humans. Um, in Cisco's vision, um, those uh, who play aliens appear without they're alien costumes and yeah. they're not even the same characters. That's crazy. And it? It, it's uh and it's just the story of what happens and his experiences, um, and you know, basically everything that happens and the struggle he has, not only mentally with what he is, but what is going on in that past and the struggles that he was dealing with along that aspect of it. So it's an incredibly powerful episode. I know that's a short run through, but um, it's very interesting to watch Renee Aberjanis, uh, Kira. You get to see uh, Ducat and Wei Yoon. Um, how about Worf without makeup? Worf Michael Dorn, yeah. you get to see all those guys without uh, oh, Armin Shimmerman, Armin uh, Shimmerman, yeah, you know, you get to see him without made out cork, uh, with all without Meta, even even Martok. Um, oh, yeah,
1: Martok, yeah.
0: You know, he, he, he's in there as the illustrator. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, and then even Nog is in there, but you get to see everybody without their, their makeup and they're just acting. And it's powerful to watch what's going on and, and what Cisco's dealing with. Um, and so it was interesting. Uh, would you like to know who the director was for this episode? Was it was it Avery Brooks? It was Avery Brooks, and there was a reason for that. Specifically, um, they they originally pitched the idea that it was going to be Jake Sisko as the main character, and it wasn't going to deal directly with issue with racial issues. Um, but the reason why they went with Avery Brooks is because they wanted someone who had dealt, um, and it was it was chosen by the production staff because they wanted a director who had personally experienced racism. Um, yeah. they said it's the scene where Benny Russell collapses and has a breakdown and is perhaps more realistic than most fans had realized, once the assistant director called cut, Brooks did not stop Brooks was so in the part that as Lou Race remarked, even if he had stayed for half an hour, Brooks would have kept on wow. so yeah and uh, that was a big aspect for it, they wanted someone to experience that, to direct it and lead it um uh, and so it was very interesting. The he patterned the Bashir characters um, on Harry Kuttner and the CL uh, and CL Moore and the O'Brien character on Isaac Asimov. Um, mm-hmm. So in the when they were as writers, um, uh, and so this this story was combined with the ideas that story editor Robert Hewitt Wolfe had written on a script called Cold and Distant Stars at a very early draft in season three in a two-part episode, Past Tense. The story suggests that Wolf featured Sisko as a uh, contemporary homeless man who believes he's a Starbase captain, but who's diagnosed with schizophrenic and drugs to suppress his visions. At the time, uh, Iris Stephen Bear had rejected the hallucinatory element in favor of a time travel story, but it felt too much like a gimmick. So researcher Alan Kwan wrote that the episode may have originally featured a more positive ending, where instead of showing Vinny hospitalized with a breakdown, it would show him on a set producing an episode of D Space Nine that ended, re- but that ending reportedly was not used for fears of breaking the continuity of the franchise, which I like. That's probably a good idea. Because, yeah. you know, it's like how, is, how would that work? You know, mm-hmm. so you know, it was just some interesting concepts of the idea of bringing that whole story together. Yeah. Super neat. Um, the ideas of how you can get into that. Um and then some of the cast was asked about, you know, what was it like, you know, to be out of makeup? Um, and so um, the cast had little trouble separating themselves from the parts they played. Um, Iris, Stephen Bear had, for instance, been concerned about how Renee Auberjonis might have been uh, the only cast member to play a bad guy. Uh, however, Auberjonis loved the part and was delighted to play it. Armin schimmerman, uh, agreed claiming that Rossoff is not an extension of Cork as Rossoff, a communist, was about as far as from a Ferengi as you can get.
1: Yeah, communist, you know? yeah.
0: Yeah, and Jeffrey Combs um, who played Mulcahy
1: had, uh, Hold on, hold on John, I'm sorry bud. No, you're good. I got uh, I got the uh, people from Penthe calling.
0: Okay, go ahead. So while he's doing that, um, we'll talk about a little bit about how Jeffrey Combs had no issues finding Yun in Mulcahy, but realized that Mulcahy and Yun are both suppressing authority figures in Cisco's mind. And so he played the character in that perspective. Um, with few science fiction elements and one of the few special effects of the episodes was shot while drawing the space station and falls out of Russell's hand. Um, but basically, make makeup was easy for this episode. Um... It was a lot of fun. It was a really neat thing for the actors and characters. Um, makeup was easy. Um, only standard makeup was required. Appearing out of costume was an unusual experience for many of the cast members. Shimmerman said that wearing the mask for court normally helped him to avoid being nervous about how he looked on camera, and that appearing without it was a very bizarre concept. J.G. Herzler had never appeared on Deep Space Nine out of Klingon makeup as Martog and enjoyed the role of Ritterhouse. Uh, Herzler draws As a hobby, so when Rittenhouse was seen drawing in the episode, the actor was really drawing the cast. Wow! So it's it's very interesting to see that there were very little special effects, um, and how things worked in that aspect of it. But um, you know, uh, this this how it was reviewed. uh, So many people have called it a treat, the best that they've ever seen. Um, uh, Michael Dorn and Renee. Uh, Renee Avergiannis as without their makeup and just their roles, how they handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, this everybody has nothing but positive to thing, say things about this episode. you know. And so the interesting thing is, this was released, this was the 13th episode of season six, or if you want to look at it totally, the 137th episode for the entire Deep Space Nine series. Mm-hmm. Um, this was released on February 9th, Nineteen ninety-eight. Um, so I think this was after the break, after their you know winter break. Yeah, and so this was the closest they could get to Martin Luther King Day, um, releasing it. So mm-hmm. uh, I found that fairly interesting as well. So uh, you know this is this this is a story where you could see that aspect where you could see this mm-hmm. is almost an homage to Martin Luther King and you know, the civil rights struggle yeah. and all that. I mean, there's so many powerful moments in this thing where we see, you know, Benny, um, where they're talking about the publisher saying they want to um, have a picture of all the different, you know, authors, you know, they want to take a staff picture. And Kira says, well, I guess I'm going to be sick that day. And so is was Benny and, you know, Cisco and, and some of the other characters because they're not white men. And you know just that aspect alone. Yeah. Um, the way neighborhoods were situated, the way things were. Yeah. You know, what about I
1: mean, what about when Benny was walking and the cops beat him up because? Well, that's exactly. What he had something yeah. that you know. Because he, the man worked for, you know. Well, he was a well-dressed black man. And he was they a thought, black man, so they so they beat the crap out of him, thinking, you know, that he stole it. Yeah, still something. No, yeah, and it, that, it,
0: that no black man could be wearing a nice suit like that. So,
1: yeah. you know,
0: I mean, it was just, you yeah. know, and it's just a reminder, you know, when that aired, you know, uh, in 1998. You think about this. This is the 50. That's only 40 years. Yeah, difference. That's you know, and that's amazing. Insane. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. In in 1998. Things were better, but not great. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we still had Rodney King, we still had all those other kind of things. I mean, oh yeah, this was set in '53, so you know, uh,
1: the when he would be forty-five years after that.
0: Yeah, when he was my God,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, and and that's just you know one of those things where you're just like, wow, like the powerfulness, the recency of it. It's easy to dismiss things like you know oh racism was that was so long ago you know we're we're way better now but you know I, and i guess that's no. why i think i titled this have we achieved far beyond the stars yeah. you know have we have we have we made this a society where you know we're we're equal you know in the eyes of people you know and it's 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 or are we still closer to what this
1: episode portrayed. I think we've, I think we've done a better job, but are we there? No, God, no. (laughs) I mean, there's still, you still have skinheads. You still have people, you know, who are just ignorant and who do not like somebody because of their skin color or because of their ethnicity, Mm. which to me is just, I just, I just look at that person. I'm just like, you know, it's like, how do you know? Why, why, why? Because a person's a little different than you? Mm -hmm. Get a chance to get to know that person. Yeah. Judge them on their character. Judge them on how they act. Judge them on how they treat other people. Mm -hmm. If you even, even, even if you want to judge, because in all honesty, we're not even supposed to be judging people. True. There's only one person who can judge us. Because he's the one without sin. Also, you know, we're just horrible people because, man, we do a lot of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you're not going to like someone because of that, dude, I, I I got no time for you. Yeah. I don't.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's easy. It's easy to say it's another to do and to practice. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the hard part is, you know, we're not. We're not necessarily, I think you and I, um, I think we practice what we preach on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, I I think that, you know, we effort to, to show that it doesn't matter your skin color. We're going to treat you with respect. And exactly. We're gonna, yeah. You know, treat you that way. But, you know, it, it's, if you're never put in that situation, it's easy to say, you know, I mean, you and I, you know, as Christians, we, I'm sure we've said before, I'd die for my faith, but then. We've never been put in a situation where someone puts a gun to our head and says, you know, tell me that Jesus isn't real or I'll shoot you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been put in that situation. I don't know what I would do. What I I would like to think I would be bold enough to say, well, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus is. Real and I'm getting ready to meet him. You know, I would like to think I would be bold and say something like that, but I can't because I've never been put in a situation where I have to hide my Bible and meet secretly at people's houses to go to church. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never been put into a situation to where, you know, my my faith could cause me ostracization from my society or keep me from getting a job. I've never been put in that situation. So I can't say that. And just the same with people who say, oh, you know um yeah you know, i i'm friends with black people okay well why do you have to say that you know i mean you just have friends in general yeah, you know look at it's your friends. friend group does your friend group look like you or does your friend group diverse you know um practice what you preach if you say yeah. that then make those friends do that thing you know i'm not saying go out of your way either like you know but have genuine relationships and conversations with people be mm-hmm. willing to treat people with respect no matter what you know, whether they have the nicest clothes or the ugliest you know rattiest things, treat people with respect. It's important. Yeah. And I and, you know the fascinating thing I think we see in this is we see the same characters in this episode playing two different things. Mm-hmm. You have Cisco and everybody in the 24th century where there is no racism, there is no whatever. they're all working together. And then you go back to 53, and you have everybody living these separate lives and doing yeah. these different things, and yet one doesn't know that the others exist until the very end, almost it seems like. <laughs> and um, and so that dichotomy is so so shocking yeah. to watch. You know where you know in in the twenty fourth century, Wayun and Golden don't like Cisco because they're enemies because of their opposed views of how they view things but in 53 they don't like benny russell because he's a black man yeah you know and so it's a completely different reason why they don't like him you know and and so renee abertianus who has been an outcast his whole life as odo uh in the 24th century plays the man who's the hatchet job for the publisher and says, you know, hey, y'all can't do this, and Benny, you can't do this, and, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Who now is the authoritarian figure for the publisher who says you can't do these things when in the 24th century he's been the one ostracized most of his time because he's a changeling, so it's hard to trust him. And so Mm -hmm. in a way, you still have that non-trust, but it's a different reason. Yeah. Not because he's an outcast and a changeling, but because he's the authoritarian figure telling, hey, you're black, you're, you know, you're female, you can't be a part of this. Yeah. You know, um, and what do we see happen is that, you know, O'Brien and the other characters who are the writers, you know, they give their sympathies, but do they do anything to help? No. Not really. You no, know, they don't, you know, but, you know, they they, they give platitudes and things, whereas in the 24th century, all of them are doing something to see if they can help Cisco. Yeah. You know, so you have such, a that's what makes this, episode so beautiful and so well done is mm-hmm. you have that divide that's just so stark and so different between the two and the fact that it's almost like nearly the two shall meet except at the very end with cisco and benny kind of they kind of merge that thing together mm-hmm. you know and it was so powerful to watch this and avery brooks just wow like
1: Wow, how he didn't win an Emmy for this is for this or in Pale Moonlight, yeah, exactly. Both
0: are season six episodes. That's the crazy part, I think. I think both are season six episodes, yeah, you know. And
1: yeah, where seriously, and you know, where is the Emmy for the way Avery Brooks got the acting in it? You could just tell, uh, this that that was real, yeah, and he did experience, I mean, he's old enough to, to have experienced that, yeah. And then you look at in the pale moonlight the, how he was able, just just how it ate him up.
0: Six that, episodes later, he yes, does this. I mean, think about think incredible. about the the mental and emotional toll that takes yes. on a person. You've done this episode, and then six episodes later
1: in the pale moonlight,
0: which is just as good, if not a little bit better. I yeah. mean, these two are just like neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, yeah
2: they're-
0: whew some of the best stuff that has been put out there yeah. and for an actor to go through that and do that, man. And I'm talking. So when I first watched this, you know, I mean, I was, I was a big DS nine guy. I mean, I was literally almost in tears with this episode because I just remember watching it and going, Holy crap. Yeah. Like, Whoa. And then they reminder: reminded, this is only 40 years ago. It's not like, it was, you know, 100 years ago or anything like that. Yeah. This is 40 years 40 ago years. that this happened, you know, and you're just going, whoa. Like, I mean, it just, it was incredibly powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me again just, you know, I constantly reevaluate relationships and people and things, and it made me reevaluate how do I treat people? Mm-hmm. Am I truly understanding? Am I truly open? Am I truly honest? Do I give people a fair shake? Do I treat people? The same regardless of their skin color their gender whatever anything else you know i mean this is one of those episodes that really hits you and it makes you evaluate where are you what are you at like what are you doing you exactly, know that's yeah. that was my initial reaction and my reaction every time i watch this episode you know i think this one in pale moonlight i think i've watched at least four or five times each you know i may not have watched ds9 but sometimes I'm just like i just want to watch a really good episode yeah and then i'll go put that on um, so that was my first reaction when I watched it and I watched it live. Um, Triple D, when you first saw this episode, do you remember it? And what do you remember your reaction being to this episode?
1: I just remember it's like, wow, this aired on TV in 1998 because I'm new to the Star Trek parties, everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. I started to start watching it until like probably about 10 years ago. And I was the original series and movie guy. And then I got to Next Gen. And then I got D-Space 9. and Probably D-Space 9 probably maybe a couple years ago. No, like four years ago. And I remember watching that. I'm just like, my God. They actually did that. How can you, like... It doesn't matter what color your skin is, man. Mm. I, I just that's all I remember saying. It's like, who cares? He's the captain of a space station. That's it, yeah. And I'm just like, they're freaking out over this. I'm just like, were we that like small minded and that close minded that we thought that because someone's gonna be an African American and in charge of a space station that they won't read it? Mm-hmm. You gotta be kidding me, man!
2: Yeah, people
1: actually thought people actually thought like that. It's like, why? Yeah, like why? It's like, you know, it's like here, like here, like they didn't like they didn't let Italians into private golf clubs here in upstate New York till like the eighties. For God's sakes, mm. it's like what? It's like what is wrong with you people? Seriously. Yeah, I. I mean, they, yeah. You know, it, it's just, <laughs> and, and 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 I get it. There's like places like Augusta where they won't allow women in there because of tradition. Guys, listen, I get it. It's Augusta. This and that thing, you know. But there's a lot of females there that have a lot of money. Yeah, they can go in there, and it's and it's not going to be the end of the world. Trust me, they're not gonna. Yeah. They, They ain't going to paint the walls pink because the girls that want to join Augusta, they know golf. They know the history. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it, though, is just... It's like, yo, it's like... Enough is enough. Girls, women do the job just as good as men do. Even sometimes women do do, do the job better. When I go to hire people at my store, I hire females more because females are better at working the counter, making coffee orders, than guys. I'm like one me and my father are like exceptions. You know? So yeah. Hmm. You know, and and it's 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 wrong. It's wrong not to pay a female or an African American as much as you would pay a white male. That's wrong. It's wrong at all because they're doing the same job and they're doing it just as good or even better. They should get paid the same or even more. Yeah. That's, to me, that's just fair. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I was just shocked watching this, that it was like, that they did this, but I understood Star Trek, because Star Trek always pushed the envelope of this. They yep. did it in the original series, they did it in Next Generation, and they did it in Deep Space Nine. And that's the reason why we remember Deep Space Nine for being such a great for, 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 being such a, for being such a great series because it pushed the envelopes. It pushed the envelopes. It did PTSD. It did wars. It did did a war where it showed Cisco going up and the Pelham like going up there and seeing his friends die in the war and talking about it. You know, you had that with Nog, with the PTSD with Nog. I, they touched on so many issues. That's the reason why the show is like, people love that more... It's a, people love that more than the next gen, the original series and everything. Mm-hmm. Because they were not afraid to go out and do the issues. And this just showed, it showed like, just how small minded we were, mm-hmm. you know, and that, yeah, this is only 45 years ago, people, we still mm-hmm. have a long ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to think since then, we have made strides to try to get better, but still, there's there's, there's still a lot of inequalities.
0: There is, you know, and I mean, you have, so Augusta, they, they have allowed women now. Yeah. Part of the reasons why they hadn't for so long, because the chairman of Augusta, Clifford Roberts was a racist son of a bitch. Um, and if you've ever read that story, that guy is such a piece of shit. You're like,
1: well, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, no, he really was. He was the one that held you keeping African-Americans and women out. Um, he's such a piece of shit that like when they finally asked him to step down as chairman, he less than a year later walked out to the pond and shot himself on the on at one of the ponds there at Augusta because
1: how long ago know, was this?
0: Uh, I don't I don't remember uh, how long ago, but that's like one of the main stories of Man. you know. And well, so Condoleezza Rice is now a part of Augusta. Yeah, and I mean, a few why other not? people. There, there. It took seventy eight years, but there are now a few women uh, yeah, members are, of Augusta
1: Rice. Carly Farina. I mean, Carly yeah. Farina was. She was the CEO of IBM, for God's sakes. Right, and you're not going to let her into Augusta. Well, because I mean, Clifford Roberts the...
0: said she didn't have a penis, so she wasn't. But he was the guy that said they couldn't, uh, you know, have TV at certain points. He was, he was like, no, you can't do this. Like, this is how much of a dickhead this guy was. Jeez. And so, um, you this know, guy, uh, this, this there's this
1: guy still guys back like in the
0: that. Yeah, and there's still guys like that in society today, <laughs> unfortunately. And you know. That was, I think, the most powerful moment for me was Benny, not when he got beat up, when he comes back to work and his hope, he's been told, hey, if you frame this story as a dream, then we'll publish it. And he says, okay, because Cisco was going to be the captain. And when Cisco comes back, he's like, are we real? Or is Benny dreaming us? Like, are we the dream of Benny? And that, you know, which is a fascinating thought process and thought Mm -hmm. uh, concept. And it wasn't Benny coming, it was he's coming back to the hope of seeing his story written. And then Renee Alberjanis comes in and says it's been pulped. That they're they're scrapping the whole thing because of Benny's story. And he loses it and wails. I mean, that wail. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, even now, I'm still kind of like. I mean, and then he's in the he he's he's in the mental institution and just writing stories, and then his dad shows up as the preacher who's been there as as the you know, and then we come to find out it's the prophets directly kind of affecting his brain, and they have to kind of shut it off. Bashir has to shut it off, but he says he's the dream and the dreamer, (laughs) and it's just like oh oh, and then they show the end of that episode where. Cisco was standing there looking out, and in the mirror or in the glass is, looking is out Benny. is Biddy looking at him.
1: Looking in,
0: yeah, looking at him, and it was just yeah. whew, what great. an end to the episode. And then, like he says, he says, I'm the dream and the dreamer, but what am I? Like, are we visions of Biddy Russell's? Yeah, mine are we real? Are we, is or, or is this it? it, it
1: yeah, it, 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 this, <laughs> yeah this episode also to also questions too are we living in are we living in a simulation. simulated universe yeah
0: are we in the imagination you know? of some creative writer it, exactly you know?
1: exactly oh. it's like it's like Whew. it's like god is a creative writer and we're just i mean is this just god's dream and we're yeah. just living in his dream who knows i mean this episode it touched like literally it's just I, it's yeah. it's 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 one it's it's one of the finest sci-fi episodes ever written.
0: Great piece of writing. Yeah. Um, it was uh, let's see. Uh, the story was by Mark Scott uh, Zerky, mm-hmm. um, and then teleplay was Iris Stephen Baron Hans Blimler um, were the teleplayers, but the story is written by Mark Scott uh, Zerky. And boy, what yeah. an episode this was! This was, uh, and always, as always, it's always good to see Brock Peters, who played Joseph Cisco in the oh, future. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a
1: question. Yeah. So where where would you put City on the Edge of Forever? Would you put it above this?
0: Mm-mm. Okay. No, no, City on the Edge of Forever was really good, but see, I can't put it above this or In Pale Moonlight. I really can't. Like, it's hard. It's tough. It, it, I mean. Like, City on the Edge of Forever is a great sci-fi story. Yeah. You know, it's a great sci-fi story, but the depth of the other two and the stories they're telling that are beyond sci-fi, Yeah, like, that's why these are above that. Like, don't get me wrong. City on the Edge of Forever Parts 1 and 2 are great Star Trek episodes, you know? But these two are above that. For sure, I gotta say this:
1: the one, the one episode that I would put in the category of these two, by telling a story on a different plane, the Mark of Gideon. Yeah, you want to talk about something that's relating to like what's going on now? Mm -hmm. Watch the Mark of Gideon. Yeah, you will be shocked.
0: I would say that one, and I never remember the name of the episode where it's the half white guy and black guy. Yeah,
1: you know, I was gonna say that one too. That one. Oh, God. That one was powerful. Yes, watching yeah. that one when I was watching first one original, I'm watching that. I'm just like, that's Frank Gorshin who played the Riddler, and you see him playing such a serious role, and it's just like, that was lots. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would say, I mean, this is if we're gonna include stories like that have messages. This is probably right below those, but still incredibly good. You know, yeah. very powerful. Um, but man, you know, yeah.
1: I to, to me, when it comes to telling a story like this, it, far beyond the Stars, To me, can't touch it.
0: No, no. This was far beyond the stars. It's just so. Because I mean, and the 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 incredible thing is. You have Cisco, who in the 24th century is dealing with the stress and struggles of the Dominion War, just gotten back Deep Space Nine, dealing with the loss of friends, dealing with the loss of these people who he knows and loves. You know, we saw that at the beginning of this episode, one of the things, you know, he he deals with the loss of another person that he knows. And it's just it continues, it continues Mm -hmm. with him, of all these people he knows and they're friends with. And then this happens on top of that, and you're seeing that aspect. So it's not like Things are idyllic in the 24th century with Cisco and what he's dealing with. He's struggling with that, and now there's this aspect on the front that he's dealing with, and he's remembering it somewhat. And Benny has no clue what's going on Mm -hmm. until the very end, and it's just so fascinating to watch this and see it. But at the same time, what Cisco goes through to continue that. He Mm -hmm. doesn't want it to stop. You yeah. know that that's the thing. He's putting his body and his life in danger to keep this going. You yeah. know, and that's the other powerful aspect of it that you just go, "Whoa!" Like he's literally putting his life on the line for this dream to continue. Yeah. Right. I mean, wow. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's
0: so much. There's so much good, really good stuff to pull from this. That yeah. You know, uh, I, I just. It's one of those episodes that you watch. You're entrenched. You're enthralled, and you could pull so much from it. That oh yeah, you know it's. It, I mean, if you haven't seen this episode, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, do do yourselves a favor and go, go watch, watch Far it. Beyond Far Beyond the Stars, season watch. six, episode thirteen, one thirty-seven of the entire series. It's uh I mean, the performances. The performances of the actors alone, yeah, outside of their d- prosthetics, and then even when they're back in their prosthetics, you know, I mean, and just to hear Brock, Brock Peter's voice as the preacher, you know, he's he's Cisco's yeah. dad, but then when he portrays the preacher and he's preaching, whoa, oh, that voice, yeah. man, when he's preaching is so good, you know, mm-hmm. so good to see that, um, you know, I, it, there's just so much here that is it's powerful it's entertaining but it's thought-provoking i mean it, yes you, you run Extremely through the emotion yeah i mean you run through the gambit on this one yeah and i i just you know i know you and i've talked in the pale moonlight but boy this one is yeah. so up there with this it's and just i think
1: it was only six episodes before in past. i moonlight. know like that's the crazy that's part crazy you know, it's crazy. It's,
0: oh man, it's Avery Brooks, man. He earned his money man. on this between these two episodes alone. Jeez. For these two episodes alone, man. He he earned his money for this because man, just getting
1: incredible.
0: And getting you like I mean, not that the Cisco character wasn't entertaining or but boy, really just Yeah. Whew, if you didn't like the Cisco character, After watching these two episodes, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) You better just stop watching Star Trek. Yeah, because he is Avery Brooks is so good in this, and that he did so many things in that series. But man, these two really made you like Cisco, and really made you just go, "Mm, "This is this is worth it. This is worth the watch. This is worth the you know just being able to see it." So uh, I don't have anything else to add or pull from this because this, like I said, this is just. I go forever on this one. We
1: have, we have, we have unloaded the chamber. Yeah, we got nothing left. Empty
0: the clip. Empty the, we clip. Empty the
1: clip. the clip. The, the clip is empty, baby.
0: The clip is empty, the but is empty. the show's
1: not over yet. Uh, but the show's not, But we got Trek wrecks.
0: That's right. That's right. We have our Trek wrecks. So James, if you'll play our wonderful Trek wreck music right here. And I believe it is your turn, sir. Oh, oh boy. For the Trek Wreck for the week this week.
1: Trek, what am I going to recommend? Let's see. Yeah. I'm going to recommend, I'm, I'm going to say one thing I'm not going to recommend is okay. this. Um, this <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Block Zone, they do, they build a lot of these, like, they have like this, it's like the Legos, but it's not like the Legos. Okay. And I'm trying to build the Klingon Bird of Prey. Boy, what a pain in the butt that is. So, I'm, so I'm going to tell everybody yeah, it's really, it's, I've thrown in a fit of rage and I've just been sitting in a box over here <laughs> that I'm not going to put together. So, but don't get me wrong, Block Zone, awesome company, great looking stuff. Probably have a lot of cool other bills that I'm probably going to buy and do. But the Klingon Bird of Prey, oh boy. Yeah. 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 No, I recommend that. Uh, what I would recommend for a Trek wreck is uh, I recommend going back and watching Beyond the Stars mm. and In the Pale Moonlight. Mm. I recommend watching both of those episodes. And then on top of it, watch The Mark of Gideon. you ready to get your mind blown. Mm. So, So my recommendation are three old Star Trek episodes. Because they deal with a lot of like what's going on now. False flag, racism, and uh man made virus. Mm. For population control. Mm. Interesting. So yes, yes, yes. The 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 conspiracy theory seems has has not died. Okay, not so
0: you die. said you had the bird of prey, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, had yeah, the bird of prey.
0: Which they call spaceship withstand.
1: Spaceship withstand, yeah, because they and then... use the
0: bird of prey. Yeah, and then they have spaceship with Stan. They have a, the Vortech class, looks like. Yeah, class, And they yeah. have Deep Space Nine spaceship yeah. with Stan. Yeah, and did. the Enterprise. Okay. So, oh, and they don't call it the Enterprise U UCC is what it looks like. It says. yeah
1: UCC, yeah because because they they can't use it because it, it's
0: and it's nineteen oh one instead of nineteen oh one, and it's like NSS Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that's hilarious.
1: So yeah, so I um so yeah, so I tried building the bird of it. It was a little bit of a little a little difficult. They have um what they have on there I like is that they they have the Acropolis, which which I want to buy and build. Mm. So yeah, so that's I see they have
0: some nice looking cars too.
1: Yep, yep. I actually I have the um I have the F one car they have. It's um oh, do you? It's, a, it's a Martini and Rossi because my sister uh she uh she got me some she got me some some Porsche stuff and Martini and Rossi, they, they sponsor, they do a lot of like sponsoring for Porsche racing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so I have that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. yes, yes, and yes to everyone out there. I do have, I do own a Porsche. I went halves on it. <laughs> I went halves with my dad on it. So, mm-hmm. but the car, I was driving it, I was driving it last summer with, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time, but she was my friend. We were driving it because we wanted to, because she goes, this was this is before I had to go to uh, Penthe. So She goes, you need a fun night out. So we hopped in the car, we drove it. I blew a cooling line in the car; it was pissing out coolant. We stopped at the um, at the at the Veterans Men's Club, which women are allowed to join the men's club, by the way. So, hey, okay. and you don't have to be a veteran to join; it's like a veteran men's club, but. You, so she was able to get, get us in there and drink. So we're sitting there drinking, and the guys at the bar are breaking my chops because, oh, your boy got a Porsche out there, boy. Broken down. should have bought a Chevy. I was like, oh, yeah. Of course. So, so then I had a buddy of mine came and, you know, flat it back to the store. So I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's take out my Mustang. Battery's out on the Mustang. Yeah, yeah, it just, that day was just, I was like, I was so defeated, and then she's like, well, and then she saved the day when, I don't know what we did, I think we, we went out to, we went to a local restaurant, and I proceeded to drink a lot of bourbon,
2: so. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course
1: you did. Yeah, so 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 that was the story of, that was the story of my no good awful horrible rotten day <laughs> with your porsche from brick yeah, Zone. with the Porsche yeah which the bluey cool line
0: yeah and which I mean,
1: I've which I blew the turbos on it too
0: Jeez.
1: <laughs> oh you... God the car was a lemon to begin with when when we bought it because it's a porsche it was a well it was heavily modified that's the reason why. So that's the reason why we we bought it, and the price, like literally, the parts they put into the car was like double of what of like how much the car really was, you know. Mm. So, you know, I mean, and the car itself is actually when I tell people how much we pay for it, they're like, "Really that that was it?" I was like, "Yeah, you can literally go. You can't even buy like a, a new car for that amount of money now. It's crazy." So. Yeah. So, so we had the car and it was fast, and I blew the turbos on it. So, we put new turbos on it, and we had to send it out to Syracuse. It's this is a special mechanic shop, Cantec Automotive. They did a great job. Got the car running really good. Cost us an arm and a leg to to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Car ran like a car ran like a. Oh, so good, and it was running good too last year, and then it was running the year before, and then. Last year, when I took it out, I blew the coolant line. I wasn't happy about that. Mm. 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 The cooling We still haven't fixed the coolant line in there yet because it's been snowing here in New York, so I really can't use it. Wow. So. Yeah. Yep. So that's my story.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and once again, as we get off tangent, because that's what we do here in the academy—we just go off on tangents. Because guess what? We got tenure. And we can do whatever the hell we want.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But John, because you know that's what we do. Yeah, John, we're pushing two hours, John. I think this is. Yeah. I think we're good.
0: I think we're good too. I think we're good. I think so, it's a it's a good time.
1: It is a good time. So, John, tell me where can all the, the Deep Space Nine fanboys and fangirls find you on the social medias? I don't know if I want them to find me, but if you yeah, do, the same exp- way.
0: If you do want to explore the internet to see where I'm at, you can uh, find me at Min on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Tinder, Grinder. All that? No, not those <laughs> other two. <laughs> no, you can't find me on those. Uh, but, yeah, you can find me on those. And then, of course, join in right on uh, Facebook.com. Uh, February is going to be Teenage Violence Awareness Month, um, working on a lot of stuff. I was on my buddy Jackson Stone's podcast. It will be releasing this Tuesday. Um, talking about that it'll be a good episode go check it out when he, it drops uh and I've got some other I, I think I'm gonna be on the a show this week oh no so no.
1: Uh, I, I you know seriously okay you see you see Shannon now you're gonna be on the a show I mean my god
0: everything's coming up John what can I say so uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out April hunter the most yeah. beautiful like female on the face of the earth
0: I agree um, and yeah, this is not my first time on our show though so, but last time it was with her. I, I got to get
1: out, okay? I got stories to tell.
0: Well, you got to find a way to. I'm with Olderville, okay? Come on.
1: I got great stories to tell about hey, Odinville. Talk to talk to Big Ray. I was only so, there for two and a half months, but still, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of the stuff I found out, some of the stuff that I, I heard, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Holy cow.
0: Well, you know, oh,
1: I don't oh. know what to tell you, my man. Good Lord. Nah nah. It's all good, John. I, I just I just like to break your chat. all no, that's awesome though, man.
0: Yeah, no, so uh, so that'll be this week. It'll be it should be a lot of fun. Um and you better then-
1: plug the podcast. Oh
0: yeah, of course I'm <laughs> gonna plug the podcast. Uh, and then um well, uh, I think I've got some PSAs on other shows that'll be going out with it. So uh, that'll be a lot. But if you also, or if you want to talk mental health, you can reach me at all those places. Or if you just want to talk mental health, um, you can always reach me, John at freedomhousepc.org and gladly help you on your healing journey on what direction nice. you need to go. Um, so that's how everyone can find me. If you want to contact the show, you can always do that by lots of ways. You could join us uh, at an email Mm-hmm. uh the academy hmg at yahoo.com you can message us on twitter or tweet at us at the academy hmg or on facebook we made it super easy for you, you type in at academy hmg and then i'll take you to our facebook page which is where we're streaming live right now and you should have gotten all those things and if you're not yeah if you're listening to this and you want to see what we look like live you want to see where we record as triple d talked about earlier of his setup, you can do that. You can go to our Facebook page, keep aware. We usually post a little notice of, hey, we're about to go live on Twitter and Facebook. So keep that up so then you can. Be a part of the show. You can make comments during the show. Maybe we'll talk about it and have your input on things we're talking about. Yeah. We'd love for you to do that. So be sure to do that. So if you are listening to this via a podcatcher of any sort, uh shout out to uh the Hami Media Group for allowing us to be on the platform mm-hmm. and for Podbean for allowing us to disseminate this out through all these different places. Um Thank you for that. Also, you can catch me on the Smack Attack podcast. Um, right now the vet has graciously been filling in uh, as we look for our permanent new co-host um, for that I would show. I
1: will throw my I will throw my hat I'll throw my head into the ring. But man, I don't want to watch SmackDown though. Okay. Yeah, well, I like, would I, say, I, wait, I, You don't want us to watch SmackDown, I know that. I mean like would I do it to help you? Of course I would. Man, it would just it would just be, it would just be an hour long of me just ranting and raving, calling everything rotten, and just what the fuck is this shit? Exactly. No, I would be like, what the heck? What are they doing? Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's fine. So, so just to say, so when I got back, Hameen and the boys came over to my house, and we watched mm-hmm. Raw, and my girlfriend was here too. We were watching Raw. My girlfriend passed out after half an hour watching Raw. I literally, I, I was like, I got so much heat with you because you're able to fall asleep and not watch, and I had to watch it. It was, my God, what, what happened? <clears throat> oh, it's just so bad, so bad. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, I'm, man.
0: Sorry, I fell, I fell asleep. Oh. um, last, last, yeah, no, Friday How long night is
1: SmackDown. Is SmackDown, an hour. In the two. Oh damn, that's my that's my second F bomb I said on the air. <laughs> Two that's hours. Okay. Two hours. Well, it's better than three. I yeah. actually, I might try watching it this Friday, and I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, see I'll you. Try. We usually,
0: we usually record like. Saturday morning around 10-ish and I'll shoot you yeah. like if you want to come on and, and you I you want
1: I might go to YouTube and watch like the, the, the highlights clips. <laughs> the
0: 30 minute I like. I'm, I'm like I might I might do that yeah, I, don't wait,
1: I, I do that I <laughs> might
0: like want to go on a date Friday night and
1: then you know yeah I mean just you're, go you're oh, watch. You know, never mind you're like watch hey honey it. I got a perfect date night come over to the house I'll okay, get pizza we'll watch Smackdown that's it you'll have no more relationship after that man
0: mm. no, yeah if I want to break up with I, a woman I am going to do that
1: this Question SmackDown. I know we're extending the show, but we're live, so who cares? Yeah, um, Smack is is Lacey Evans are they doing anything with Lacey Evans on there, or is she just
0: she's been doing vignettes, okay? Uh, this past week they showed her in a vignette of doing the Cobra Clutch, okay? Uh, there's been talk you know, because she's a real life Marine or whatever, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... you know, and they've they've just bungled that whole you big, know, big time, thing. Uh, it... and so it's it's more of uh. I think the idea that um like they're trying to build her back to be this Marine, there's talk of maybe even putting Sergeant Slaughter with her, and which is why they maybe previewed the mm. Cobra Clutch. So
1: I mean um, I to me I I like that. That would be interesting. It'd be something out there. You know, I mean she she can talk. It's not like she can't talk, she can talk. Yeah. You know, it's uh but you know, like, like who's the big? Was it, is Roman Reigns on SmackDown?
0: Yeah, because he's the champ for both, so he's got the title for both. But he's okay. been on SmackDown more. That's kind of the show he was drafted to. So him okay. and the Usos and Sami Zayn, they're doing. So,
1: the- hold on. So, 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 so he's the A player. Who's the yeah. B and the C players on SmackDown?
0: There isn't many right now. They've kind of, I don't know. I don't know who it would be because they put Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in a tag team together, okay. and they're working their way through this tournament to get to the Usos to take their titles. Uh, Karrion Cross is going after um, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. I guess Kevin right. Owens?
1: Well, you know, listen. Karrion Cross is, is on SmackDown, so okay. So, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. Okay, all right. What else? Yeah.
0: Um, Kevin Owens, I guess, would be – he's the one chasing Roman right now. Okay. So uh, Bray Wyatt and – uh, Eli Drake, uh, are they calling them LA Night? Which dummy? Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're in a thing right now. I'm just trying to think singles wise because they're doing this whole tournament thing right now. Um,
1: uh, you know, with the I, tag teams. So I, I know we're females, I know it's like Raquel Gonzalez. She's and Shotzi Blackheart. They're 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 on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and Liv Morgan. She's. On SmackDown too, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Which, still, in a real life fight, Lacey Evans just kicks the shit out of everybody.
0: The only one I think, yes, because he, she might have a little bit harder time with Raquel Gonzalez or Rodriguez, whatever they're calling her now. She um, would take care of her, but she would because she has the experience of fighting as in 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 that aspect. And,
1: don't me wrong. And Rousey's on SmackDown, too, right? Rousey and Baszler on SmackDown. She
0: just lost. Charlotte's now the, the new... Yes, oh, but yeah. yes, they're both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baszler and Rowdy, uh, Rousey are on there, and they, she just lost to... But she hasn't been on since so she lost to Charlotte. Okay. Uh, Baszler made a, an appearance this past Friday to say she's
1: going to be in the Rumble and she's going to break arms and et cetera. Okay. So, Char- okay, so Charlotte's back. Cross is there. They got some names there. I might watch it. I
0: watch it. I, I mean, watch it, see what you think. You know oh, yeah, it's
1: only two hours thing, guys.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's on Fox on Friday night, it starts at seven, ends at nine. So you know I'm
1: gonna be in there. that. Yeah. I
0: mean you you might not have a girlfriend after if you sit down and watch it. So I'd say wait for the 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> I got TTV. i T V, I'll just watch it afterwards. There you go. There you go. Do
0: that. Uh, yeah, okay. just don't watch Rampage afterwards you know, Rampage. On,
1: on TNT you know, oh god AEW. no AEW no uh, That's another question I want to ask who's in charge of dressing the females on AEW probably themselves no no beautiful women and they're hiding their their figures with these jinko jeans and I, have that, no clue. I'm, I just like I'm just like I'm like what is going on I mean so, I mean, I'm like what is going on you know, it, um, you look at WWE, look at be- Air and Flair, how they dress, class. They look good. And you look at how they dress. They dress like hobos. Yeah. They dress like marks that should be in the stands. That's how they dress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how they all dress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I look at I'm just like. I, didn't they watch Ric Flair back, styling and profiling always always looking your best if I have to be if, if I was a restaurant on TV I want to tell you something I'd be on all the gas in the world to make my body look good and I'd be at the men's clothing shop getting custom made suits and custom made stuff so right. when I go out there and I do promos and stuff that I look my best because you got to invest in yourself and to me yeah. it seems like these people just don't want to invest in themselves mm-mm they just go out there, just, they just look like crap. And you wonder why the ratings are, are in the toilet. Because when you don't care about how you look, when you don't care how you present yourself, then watch should the fans care. Yep. I mean, WWE is horrible, and the writing is horrible, but at least they present themselves as being, you know, professionals. You know, I don't know. That's just, to me... Gear on the other end. Gear on the. Other, I mean, the the girls' gear, but like, always look good. All the gear looks good, for most of the wrestlers in AEW. The the, the A-W wrestler I don't get is that Slim J, whatever he is. He he looks like he's got like the baggy Jinko jeans, that the backwards visor cap. I look. Oh like, yeah. I yeah. just like off click off. I, I can't. I can't. This hundred twenty pound sulking guy is going to take out. Zach Clayton, who's 220 pounds, or somebody else who's a, who's, who's a big guy. Can't. Mm. Can't watch it. Can't believe it. Can't do it. Mm. The, the, Bill Collier, who's the Immortal who's the Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, the, the heavyweight champion of our fed, I think he had a match with Sonny Kiss, and Sonny Kiss, like, squashed him. I've seen Bill Collier. He's a man. He's, like, two or 300 pounds. Get me wrong, nothing, nothing, nothing against Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss is a a great athlete, unbelievable wrestler, but Mm. in a real life fight, Sunny Kiss is going to go down to Bill Keller. I'm sorry. Mm. So I, but all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm done. Sorry, (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I'm sorry. I said I had to get it out. I just had to get it out because. I've been stuck here alone. I just haven't been able to like. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, that's what we're here for, my man. <laughs> that's what we're here for. It's it's. Oh my god. We're here for your therapy.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. The fans are like, why do you talk about wrestling so much? You don't talk about Star Trek. Because we're on a wrestling platform. We are. We are really on a wrestling platform. Our
0: Our platform started with wrestling, so yeah, yeah. you know,
1: uh, it started started by a professional wrestler,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the great Ben Hameen.
0: And exactly, Ben Hami Yala. So, so uh, all right. Triple D, tell us where they can find you and all these wonderful rants that you've just gone on. Uh,
1: they can go pound salt, but uh, <laughs> if if you want to find me, find me on Facebook and just look up Dimitri Zerdos on all the uh, social media platforms. I really don't post a lot. I really don't rant a lot. But maybe I don't. Know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I might start going live and just start ranting on Facebook. Do Who knows? It. Do it.
0: Get your therapy.
1: See me See me. See how many views I can get. Since yeah, since, since since now since I got a pretty good setup now yeah there you, you
0: go know, yeah you haven't like, had any issues or no like that. no I mm-hmm. just
1: basically go on and just yeah but yeah I might do that or I just might say screw it, and just just watch old TV series because I'm an old man you're not even forty yet Shit. recommend I recommend Nightcore and 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 the and, and Nightcore was yeah, and was pretty good. It. So, but, but but, if you want to, like, but in real, on all reality, check out my business, Dipping Donuts, mm-hmm. on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms. Ben Himeen runs it, posts pictures of donuts and everything else. And if you want to follow, if you like men's clothing as well, um, follow Ava Tullo, Ava mm-hmm. Tullo uh, Incorporated on all the social media platforms as well. You know, they're friends of mine. I buy a lot of my clothes from them, and uh, Ben Hamin runs on social media as well. Mm-hmm. So check them out, and check out Cooperstown Connection, who've been who they deal in all types of baseball and sports, wrestling, all types of memorabilia, which is crazy. Um, you know, Ben Hamin does social media for them as well. So check mm-hmm. them out as well. So
0: hey, what uh, what about uh, olive oil? What, what's the story? What's the latest? Uh, the update? olive
1: oil business is uh, it's, it's it's been gone. put on hold. Okay unfortunately right now until until things get until things kind of smooth out and get better you know it's it's been um it's been a wild you know two years you know we we'll we'll just say that yeah so we going away to rura and everything else so but hey you know so but all right folks Aliens of all ages, everybody, man, talked for a long time. But, listen, we had a great show. It was fun. John, we'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Everybody Maybe. live long and prosper. Be safe out there, everybody. And, oh scissor me, daddy. Scissor daddy. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and on that note, folks, we'll see you next week. Peace. Uh-huh. <laughs>